Okay, so where should where should we begin? Awesome. Well, you were uh, on your stories. You were mentioning like feeling like stuck and kind of caught in a loop, and you were describing all of these things that are spot on for exactly. I'm like, oh, a reading would be awesome for this because a lot of times that uh, a channel like that will break some cycles or open some new doors or open some new ways of thinking or perspective and so yeah kind of reached out and then you actually answered back so score one for me that's awesome everyone this is caleb from the primal beast official how are you doing well how about you is it okay that we like just jumped in i like didn't really give you much warning there but that was like a good intro i didn't think we needed to do it again <laughs> no you got it spot on yeah <laughs> Cool. So yeah, you contacted me and you offered this reading and I, I'm just like, I'm so open these days. Like that is my goal is I just want to like experience as many things as possible. And like, I love talking to people. So everyone says that to me sometimes. They're like, I can't believe you responded. I'm like, I try to respond to everyone. And I like, I get anxious when I don't. Yeah. No, it's really great. Um, the way you said you're so open, like just the way that you think about things and the way that your mind works, at least from what I can see, listen to your podcast and seeing your content and what you post is uh, so refreshing because it is that it's open. It has uncapped potential. Like all of your ideas are evolving. Like if you look back at you two years ago and then you look at your content today, it's not the same thing. It's not anything that's, you know, some memorized theory, everything's developing. And I just think that's exciting and totally the way it should be. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to like cry now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy when somebody appreciates that because like in my doxing, like one of my critiques was that like my message had, had changed. And I, I remember thinking to myself like, but of course, like my message changed, like, (laughs) we lost in November. Like what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Everything had to change. It's just, uh, it was so it's refreshing to hear that like somebody resonates with me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, they talk about how you can't step in a, in the same river twice. because it's always flowing. And, uh, I always felt kind of bad when I'd like a lot of my friends from high school, they're exactly where you left them, you know, 10 years later. Right. And it's not even right. against them, but it's just so uninteresting, you know. <laughs> Is, isn't that just like such a matrix? Like you literally, you come to this point in your life, you go home and you're like, I am literally going to walk right into this. Yeah. Or these people that I went to high school with that like do the same things and hang out with the same people. And they all have like a three bedroom two bathroom house with like two or three kids. It's (laughs) no, no offense to anyone out there that's doing that. But like, it's just like every tiny little person I knew. Ooh. Yeah. They're really in the same. It scares scares me. Yeah. So many NPCs. Right. And it's, and it's really interesting too, because we aren't able, it feels like you're not just free to observe that and then say, Oh, how nice for you. It feels like you observe that. And then there's this attachment of, yeah. And you're the oddball out and kind of a, you know, what are you doing? The black sheep, if you will. We're we're all doing the right thing or the, the thing. What are you doing out there? (laughs) 
Exactly. But those are still the people that like think that they were cool, you know? Nobody was. A, you were always cool if you were the weird one. Yeah. That's what I've, that's what I've come to find out in my lifetime. Yeah. I, I used to say on occasion, and high school's over. And then I realized, actually, for them, it's not. <laughs> it's- oh, God, yeah, that's the awful thing. <laughs> yes. So, yes. I kind of shake myself up after that. Yeah. Got to understand, for some people, that's kind of where it's at and where it'll always be. So. What do you call your type of like gift that you want to bestow upon me today? <laughs> yeah, good. I, uh, I just call it channeling and okay. I, um, there's a lot of tools that people use. Some people will use like runes or uh, tarot or, um, all these different gifts and these cool, great things. And, uh, with the way that's gone for me over the years, it's kind of just come to the point that I just channel. And I, I feel like a lot of people have kind of a, a bank of information around them and it runs deep. But all the stuff at the top is all the most recent, most pressing, most on your mind stuff. And whether it comes through like the guides and the things that are around you or just the space around you, it's really there on the surface. And so when I channel, I'm just kind of pulling, I'm using you as the connection or the person I'm speaking with as the connection. And you're the connection to whatever we talk about. So anything's on the table, but we're seeing it through you, if that makes sense. It does. I'm so excited. I'm nervous. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone, we were going to do this just me and him, and I was a really bad, bad person, and time got away from me, and I forgot to message him. And then I was just thinking, I was like, wow, like, why don't I do this on the podcast? Why don't I bear my soul to everyone <laughs> so they can hear exactly what this is like, you know? I think that's a great. That's what I'm always searching for. Like, I want to do something new, and I'm like, okay, where's the review online of like the person who's experienced it, like me? Right. No, and it's really <laughs> brave of you too. So it kind of fits with your whole. It shows that you're consistent with your who you portray yourself as, right? Because you're like, this sounds fun. Let's show everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not people would do that. It's like, <laughs> Let's show the class. The class would love this. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, do you have any sort of like background that you would want to sure. have the listener know? Uh, like, is this, how did you find this? Did you, is this like any of those, um, kind of like the claircognizance, the clear, like, Clairvoyance, like, isn't there a couple Claire's? There are. <laughs> it sounds so uneducated, but no, no. you know what I mean. <laughs> they've, they've got all these names for things, but if you go back, 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 way back, I think that there's a part of our biology and a part of our DNA that just really connects uh, to the world around us in ways that we really, I think science doesn't understand completely. You know, and some people connect through prayer, some people connect through their... Uh, culture or through their belief systems, but we all have these ways of kind of reaching a little bit beyond what's available to us right here in the defined physical. And so it's not that, um, you know, it's not superpowers or specialness. It's more just if you focus on those things, you get a little bit uh, more in tune with them. And so my background came from a really non-dogmatic perspective. And um, I had, I was super orthodox growing up in religion and so whenever I left that behind, I was really attracted to things that weren't binding or weren't, there wasn't a whole lot of rules and definition. It was more based on feel. 
And so I went into uh, things like meditation. I did a, a deep dive into um, psionics. And there's a lot of hokiness around that, but that's actually just kind of using your biology to influence the world around you. And then that's, you mentioned the clairaudient or the clairvoyant, all those things. That just is which sense is kind of dominant in you, whether it's your sight or your hearing and whatnot. And so that was how I first started to kind of access things in a way that was consistent and repeatable. So it's one thing if you have, you know, a premonition, and it's another thing altogether if you can go to Vegas and predict the dice. <laughs> and so if it's repeatable and you can get really consistent with it, well, now you've got a tool you can use in life. And that's been my focus, and that's kind of my background of where I came from. And outside of that, it's really eclectic. It kind of took every good thing I could from where I could find it. And I've just been on a journey with it. So we felt here like tapping into that information we all have around us. Do you believe in that kind of acoustic record? Like, do you find that that's what you're tapping into in some way? Yeah, I've heard a, I've heard a couple different definitions or perceptions of what the acoustic record is um and i've actually looked at some schools that teach and you know they have like a uh what do you call it it's sort of like you achieve you, you study with them and then you're given a gift of access and then there's some people that just access it through different things like the uh, gematria and so i've looked at that a couple different ways but i the way i see it yeah fully a bank of information whether that i don't know if we're looking into our own dna and studying our histories that's recorded within us and we see it as external, but I totally believe in banks of information that go back through time that we know and times that we don't know, <laughs> and maybe even across uh, uh, dimensions or existences that that are hard for us to comprehend. You know. I wanted to ask you a quick question before we begin. Sure. You said something, was it psionics? Was that the word? That's right. Yep. Is that like psych, like P-S-Y-C? It's a P-S... I-O-N-I-C-S. Okay. And you said that was like the, your biology around you kind of like influencing, like what would be like an example of that? I've just never heard that term before. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's really niche and there's a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, imagination involved with it for a lot of folks, <laughs> but I kind of got to the root of the thing and I figured if there was anything that was not dogmatic, it was the idea that in our bodies, we have the ability to focus and then experience things that are a little bit beyond the regular five senses. So an example of psionic study that I did was increasing my ability to hear over distance. And um, there's different techniques. I had a good, good instructor, but it involved a lot of hours going to restaurants and then focusing on tables that were, you know, 60 feet away and having those conversations come through clearly. Uh, it was a time where I was sitting on the actually hiked up kind of on a hill above some above a little city and then I'd focus in on uh, parks and things where you could see people playing and get the and get what was here and going on and then there's ways to test it and test how accurate you are so it's easy to get caught up and just be in your imagination but that's uh that was kind of my beginning or kind of the kick the door open was in that psionic type experimental training type deal that's fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was pretty mind-blowing. Um, uh, one of the ways that I tested it was I did a lot of work with uh, animals because animals don't have an agenda and they don't have expectation <laughs> when you're working with them. 
And so if they give a reaction, especially when, like, if you're watching them via camera and they're in the other room and they're giving reaction, uh, you're about as double blind or as clear as you can be when you're doing things on your own, right? If not in, like, a scientific situation. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with Rupert Sheldrake. Um, he No, I'm not. He's an interesting person, kind of uh, hated by the scientific community because he questions... Uh, things. Um, but he believes in, he's done a body of work where he studies things like, uh, for instance, dogs that know when their owners are coming home, uh, the feeling or the sense of being stared at. And so that would be an example of what I would call psionics, right? And a lot of us have experienced similar things to that or, or versions of that. Thank you. Sure. I have a whole new rabbit hole of things to look at tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I could give one back for the for the many that you've shared. <laughs> right. <with me. laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, so how 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 does one begin a reading? Well, good. We'll just kind of start. I you might hear my pencil clicking just a little bit as I write here on my tablet, but I keep notes on my end, and that uh, the writing on my end kind of helps me pull from what's in my head or in the air, or the ether, and then it makes it a little tangible. So sometimes even. I see it um, as I write it. So, and then uh, if you'd like, I can send you the notes. Sometimes they're a little bit random. Oh yeah, I would love that. Could uh, remember when I asked you in the DM, like, what did a reading involve? Mm-hmm. Before I, I, I know I keep interrupting you. I'm so sorry. You're fine. But just for somebody who's listening, like, what are we kind of about to like delve into? Like, what's about to happen? Okay. Like, kind of like that response you gave me. Sure. Yeah, it's, it totally depends on the person and what they're looking for. They need. Um, got a client right now. She's very involved with uh, a single boy. She's a younger person. And so most of her questions, readings, things is about, about you know, what's going on. Um, some people want to know what their financial future holds. Some people are looking to see if a business venture is a good idea. Uh, I received a message uh, over the weekend and a guy said, I need you to channel for me on some people. Got to find out what their intentions are. And so there's that kind of aspect to it. Um, and then there's just sort of general kind of life mapping you can do. You can kind of take it wherever the need is or wherever the need lies. And everybody's in a different place. And I kind of just judge on uh, the individual. So sometimes you'll come with a question and it will start us off and we'll end up completely different different place. So you might be wondering if, um, you know, something, something common like uh, – you know, will someone return home safely type deal and they're going on a kind of a dangerous trip and we end up talking about the book you're going to write because you've always wanted to be an author. Right. right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Could go anywhere. Yeah. It kind of leads where it leads. And, and, uh, I, I feel like a responsibility to just say what information comes up, but you're at no time ever obligated to go with that or anything. You just kind of let that hit you. And if it sticks, we can talk about it. If it bounces off, we don't have to worry about it, but it'll be in the notes uh, to return to if you feel if um, okay. pops up later. But is that a good description? Kind of give an idea? I think that's great. Okay. That was wonderful. Well, good. Well, good. Let's uh, let's start. Now, if, uh, just kind of some ground rules. I, I do what's called uh, clearing or rending space. So it kind of makes the veil between worlds a little bit thinner. That's just how I describe it. But however you see it is fine. Um, and in the process of doing that, I clear things out all around me slash us. So even when we're doing things via electronics like this, uh, you don't have to worry about any sort of 
uh, negative influence or anything. We're all clear. We're all safe. And I spent a lot of time learning how to make sure that that's the case. Um, the other thing is if there's ever anything that gets too personal <laughs> or that is a place that you don't feel like you're ready to go or something comes up you don't want to talk about, totally no stress. Just say, let's go a different direction or, you know, it's not an obligation if I happen to say it for us to talk about it. So you're completely free and there's no expectation on my end. It's just about uh, what things resonate with you as they come up. Okay. All right. So Thank you. Absolutely. Is there anything that's kind of been on your mind or a question that you had, a place you'd like to start? If not, that's okay. We can start. But if there was anything that kind of springs to mind, we can start there. Well, you know, I think perhaps the kind of like the origin of like the, the tweets or the Instagram that you saw where I was like talking about, I feel like I'm in this like existential crisis and I feel like I'm playing this loop. I don't know. Sometimes I, I like disassociate a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if this is the right place to start, but you, you just. <laughs> we'll start where we begin. How's that? <laughs> okay. I'm so awkward. <laughs> no, that sounds great to me. I like the idea of existential crisis. Um, when I do a reading, it's very interactive because I think it's more about how you're hearing what's coming through than what, than me telling you things. So I'll ask a lot of questions. So when you say existential okay. crisis, tell me a little bit about what that means to you. Like that, that's a pretty loaded term. So right. how would you make that fit you? I, there are certain terms in like colloquial terms in the biz, for lack of a better term, that I just hate. Like I hate the term woke. I also hate the term like 3D and 5D these days, but like it's the only term I can use to kind of f explain the way I feel. So I feel very 5D, by no means am I like tooting my own horn, but I, I don't know, I, like I'm... People say sometimes I think I'm, I'm like a little way too into simulation theory and I don't find that to be true. I just kind of see things for what they are and everything is so stupid and trivial and I, I just feel like I have to keep playing the game to get to a certain level of the game in which I can then leave the game and I think I'm getting too smart for this level and so like I'm ready to level up but there are certain parts about the game in which, you know, I need more money to do certain things. And like, in order to do those certain things, I've got to keep being the attorney and litigating and like killing myself in that sort of time and stress fashion. So I, I guess I don't like what I'm doing, but I see the, the light at the end of the tunnel for lack of a better term. And I'm ready to like sprint to the end but for some reason, I, I've got to, like, slow walk it at this point. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it makes total that's sense. That's what it feels like. I'm, I'm chuckling because you say I'm ready to sprint to the end, and that's such a great description. So just flashback real quick to your childhood. Um, your parents did, like, a super great job of giving you confidence and telling you you were great and helping uh, you be you, right? And so you grow up and you become this strong person who's very driven. Um, you're coming from a place that's secure, but you're still human. So you've got this, uh, um, just a touch of that imposter's, uh, what do they call it? Imposter syndrome? Where you, imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's yes. like my new favorite topic. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, there you go. And, um, mm -hmm. 
So it's interesting you say race to the, you want to sprint and race to the end because how, I feel like that fits your personality perfectly. So don't ever feel like wanting to do that is wrong. I would say that pretty much everything that's around you is geared towards let's go, let's do this, let's, uh, let's make this happen. So one of the things you mentioned 5D, um, when you feel 5D, it's almost become a term and um, the, uh, the energies and the things around you, when you're, when you're cutting your own wake, when you're not just being towed through the water, you're actually cutting your own trail or making your own waves, uh, you tend to get a lot of followers. Now, there's physical ones like on social media, but there's also energetic followers that for whatever reason are attracted to what you're doing and they're attracted in a way like they want to do it too, which we interpret as help. Okay. So you've got a lot of force around you with that. So when you say you feel 5D, there's also a little bit of a conflict of not fitting in to the world as it is. So it's a really interesting dynamic that comes into play at that point because you've got this whole energetic, otherworldly feel and reality around you um, starts to shift your perception a little bit starts to increase your intuition a little bit, starts to cause you to question old um, old beliefs that were foundational a little bit. And as those things that are more physical fade away, you kind of fade forward into this more uh, spiritual, more otherworldly uh, reality, existence, perception, however it is you want to view it. Now, when that happens, you still need to have a connection to the real world because you still love your family. You still have um, the physical wants. So you want to be happy. You want to feel the emotions. You want to have the things that come with physicality. So fulfillment, hugs, you know, all these things that are part of us. But as you go more spiritual, it's almost like you're transcending those kinds of needs. So it creates this kind of a terror, this, uh, this schism, this schism. Okay. You mentioned sim theory. That's a really interesting <clears throat> I get the feeling that's something that you're kind of really into. That's what you said. Um, that's a great way for a personality like yours to experience that rip or that tear in the reality between um, kind of the physical and the otherworldly. Okay. Do those terms resonate with you? Does that make sense? Okay. Definitely. Okay. Um, that rift that comes or that tear that comes <clears throat> That's where you start to see the sim theory. That's where you see the glitch and the cats repeat. That's where you start noticing that some people, there's nobody home. You're just, they're literally on, um, it's like they're on a track. <laughs> Every time you open the door, they say, welcome, right? So um, considering this um, situation, uh, blending worlds. So a lot, a lot of what, uh, what's going to be um, fulfilling and fulfillment is also on level with healing with you, that feels like. Um, so to get that fulfillment, that slash healing, it's going to be a matter of you blending worlds. So it's interesting because the blending happens at the end, not at the beginning. So as you continue in your process here, as you continue, continue toward your goals and your ends, you're going to feel that fulfillment. And that's going to make dragging the 3D behind you on your way to 5D uh feel good instead of feel like a weight instead of feel like a trap so that's a thought there okay so you mentioned things feeling and becoming more trivial okay um when we feel that things are trivial or we start to notice that things are trivial for you it almost feels like you are a really powerful observer 
And so as you sit and observe the things around you, you start to see how thin or how plastic or how not real those things are. Okay. Definitely. And, so, <laughs> feel this. And I chuckle a lot. That's my reaction when I start, you know, starts flowing. So it's not laughing at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, that's my, uh, no, laugh all you want to okay. me, please. <laughs> Well, uh, so what I what I think of uh, you experiencing things as trivial, trivial, it's almost sort of like a disappointment. Like you're like, hey, you were supposed to be real, and it's almost like a little bit of a letdown. So, are we bordering on betrayal? Always, <laughs> right? always. And so it's that's you taking your world that you trusted and that you actually loved and were invested in, which is more than most folks, right? Most folks are just kind of going with the flow, but you actually care. And it's almost a little bit of a betrayal. You're like, hey, then you're a mannequin <laughs> when you actually get to them. So, um, you know, it's not the mannequin's fault. They're a mannequin, right? So I might want to consider um, when you feel that little touch of betrayal, maybe give, maybe give it a laugh instead of a, instead of a furrowed brow. That's so interesting. <laughs> it's not the mannequin's fault that he's a mannequin. That's so interesting. Okay, keep going. Right on. Okay. I got to write that down. It's it's great that you see things too as game and levels because you are a true through and through player. <laughs> so it would make sense and be super <laughs> consistent that you are in it to win it. You are, you know, if there's a game or a competition, you're like totally up for it. Um, so, so to see the world and things around you is a game and literally as levels. And then you're literally, you're, you're kind of here actually experiencing uh, a walkthrough of the same level. So many times it's getting boring. And when things get boring, it causes self doubt. It causes questions. It causes all these things because, you know, there's some attachment that it's your responsibility to entertain. Right. And if you're not always, doing- <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. I feel like the jester all the time, right. but then I'm also like, what? Everything bores me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, when I say that, I mean that, that really fits. Like you're a very consistent person. Like you're very, and that's a sign of being very genuine and very powerfully okay with who you are is you're, you're kind of consistent from childhood with, with who you are, how you perceive and how you attack problems or attack life and go forward. Um, people that are conflicted, it's interesting because you'll have to deal with basically sections of personality and you don't have that issue. The issue that you are blessed with, right. You get to have is, (laughs) Oh my God, I'm bored. Right. (laughs) So, um, the interesting, (laughs) but how exhausting is constant challenge, right? That, that gets exhausting too. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> so you see kind of that terror that you're, that you're having within yourself, right? The, I need a challenge. I need. Oh my God. Idea. I think you just literally read into my soul. That's why I have so much anxiety because I'm constantly challenging myself to do more because I get so bored and I, and I have no desire to be bored. Isn't that, so I would take a perspective on that. And I would look at it as. The boredom is 3D, the need for more is 5D, and 3D doesn't change because you want to go 5D. So the harder you pull forward, you're creating this little schism in between the two. Does that that make sense? So that's not wrong. It's not bad. But knowing that might be a little bit 
might be helpful when it comes to maybe when you're bored, you can give yourself a, a laugh <laughs> and do something. Well, you know, fun, like right? it, it's really interesting for me because like some things become, I feel like sometimes you, you attain a piece of knowledge, like perhaps what I just did right there. And then you, it's like you, you got a hold of that level and you finally get to like step back from the level and look at the map. And then you're just like, Oh, that was like that one tiny piece of knowledge. I just needed to be like, I create challenges for myself because I'm so afraid of being bored. Like, why don't I just step back and be like, wow, Maria be fucking bored today instead of like killing yourself at work by taking like burning the candle at both ends. Um, that's interesting. Sure. No, that's a, you use, you use really great descriptive words when you are explaining how you're seeing things or how you're experiencing things like the map. That's super, a motivated person would say a map because they've got somewhere they've been and somewhere they're going. Right. Somebody who's more chill and relaxed, they would say not a map. They'd say something vague and chill and relaxed. Right. right. So this is, this is really good. So before we jump ahead to what you just said there, knowledge map, big picture, just want to touch on a topic that stood out that seemed pretty important. Okay. So um, kind of in the context of rush ahead, in the context of being bored with the, with the now, um, when you create challenges for yourself, it's not so much self-defeating behavior. Um, so, I would, I would, uh, I would move into trusting yourself more, or if, or reinforcing that trust that you do have when it comes to accepting challenges. Because where you've seen that meme where somebody puts a stick in their own bicycle spoke, right? Um, so they're stopping themselves, and then they're calling that a challenge. Okay, that's somebody who's stuck, really stuck. Um, for you, it's more like you see things in the distance you're willing to do. Now that's your challenge. So that's something to give yourself some real credit for. So when it comes to leveling up, you actually are seeing yourself as becoming different. Okay, so one thing that's interesting with that is I do see that there's actually a lot of, um, a fair amount of attachment to things that are the same for you. So kind of like if you were jumping, if you're crossing a river going stone to stone, and there was one time that you had to leap and you thought it was there, but you weren't sure, you would have some serious hesitation leaving the safety of what you're standing on. Okay. Most of us would, some people don't, but when you talk about leveling up, that's going to be part of it is, um, allowing not, not necessarily losing what you're, what you love right now or what gives you security and safety right now, but willing to leave it and let it change and then kind of have it be there for you, how it looks once you've, once you've gone to meet that challenge. Right. So once you've definitely given yourself that ability, an issue to for me. Up, sorry. So what were you saying? No, I was just saying definitely an issue for me. Is it? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there you go. There's, there's, um, perspectives there, but you're, you're such a, you're so strongly motivated that you actually have built push behind you now. So you know how, when you're like, have you ever been in a canoe, you have to pow really hard to start things, but once you're up to speed, it's much easier. You're up to speed. Right. Okay. So you just in your mind, give yourself the credit of having reached kind of a cruising speed. Like you've got momentum and you have literal force in the world um, that's pushing you seen and unseen um, in the direction you want to go. So back pats, you know, pat your back on that one. Cause that's a, that's a huge accomplishment in and of itself. 
Okay, so key one key there, um, leveling up just, um, and accepting the challenge are um, the framework for that is an opportunity, not a responsibility, not something that is an obligation. It can feel that way, but these things for you are places to go, people to see, things to do. Okay. So a quick jump then to the, just what you mentioned, you talked about gaining the knowledge, you know, take standing back, looking at the map. So that's a real big picture thought there. So I wanted to point out too, when you comes to your big picture and then you frame your big picture on a map, you're at a point where you might be needing to leave known territory. So in days gone right. by, in days gone by, they had a saying where when it was places that they hadn't mapped or didn't know what was beyond that mountain range, they said, past this point, there be dragons. And so you're kind of getting to that point where past this point, Maria, there be dragons. <laughs> so uh, when you go back and you look at the big picture, uh, be careful not to define the big picture with yesterday because you're kind of making your own tomorrow at this point in your life. So that was so profound. That was beautiful. Right. Well, good. They're your, your, they're your words. It's great, um, uh, working and channeling with you because you're, you're quite clear on your intention of where it is that you want to go. Okay. So it's almost like your body knows, but your mind is in the way. So definitely <laughs> okay. so much. Give me some thoughts on that. What, what does that bring to mind? You know, I, I just, I don't understand myself so much. I, I, there are things that I need to do and I know I need to do them and perhaps I've avoided doing them. And my avoidance has led to more avoidance, which has led to more avoidance, which is like anxiety on top of anxiety. And I just, I am like that imposter syndrome, uh, ADHD. And what was the other thing? Like the procrastination where you like procrastinate something for so long in order to like get the, and I guess maybe it goes all back to boredom. Like I do all these things just to like feel something at times, but uh, like sometimes I wonder in my old age if I'm autistic because like there are things that I, I know that I need to do and like my anxiety and my like refusal to do them is like so crippling that like I, I will like out of sight, out of mind and I will put it to like the point in which I cannot put it off any longer and then I'll finally do it. And maybe something took like fucking 20 minutes and I put it off for like three months. And I just, like yesterday I was talking to myself and I was driving and I was telling myself, you are in control. And I was like saying it over and over and over again of like, just like, why don't, sometimes I feel like I'm on autopilot that like, I am in control, but maybe somebody else is driving me right now because I just don't understand. Like, this is so silly. I'm, this is an embarrassing part of myself, but I, I act like I'm bad with money. And I think it's because my, like I had, my parents had such money issues growing up and like I was very present and I, I was very aware of it. 
and uh, I make a I make a lot of money right now. But until yesterday, I had three. Che- I get paid once a month. I had three checks that like I just hadn't deposited, and like there was no reason for it. Because I was like afraid to look at my account, even though I know, like I don't keep a checkbook. And so I always know about how much money I have. But then like when I didn't have a lot of money in like high school or college, like I would be afraid to look at my account. So like not looking at my account has been like perpetuated this anxiety that like now I have where I'm like afraid to look at my account, even though I know I have a great deal of money in there. And then I'm afraid to deposit my check. It, it just, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. But this is like, so my boss's wife is our bookkeeper and she called me yesterday and she's like, can I ask you a personal question? And I said, yeah. And I thought she was about to ask me, you know, what makeup I'm using or my perfume or something. And she's like, you've got three checks on you, don't you? (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, I was looking for a new bank and um, I was waiting to deposit them there. And there's literally no explanation for why I do the things that I do. It's like, I just create these problems for myself. That's, that's a really fascinating thing that, that, that by itself has so much depth to it. But just a quick question to kind of help define that when she point blank, I'm sure that felt like a spotlight going on you. Right. So what was in your head when she actually, asked an innocent question that probably to you felt like she was calling you out. (laughs) So, Oh no, I, I totally felt like she was calling me out. So I made up a lie real quick, which is what I would always do to cover my ass. And then I went downstairs and I was like, I can't say her real name. I was like, Sally, listen, I have imposter syndrome. I don't know why I do the things I do. I haven't deposited these checks. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do it in front of you and I'm going to get it done because she, she's closing down all of our accounts at one bank and moving them to the other. And she was just like, Maria, why is there this much money in your payroll account? It's like, cause I'm a freak. And I don't know why. <laughs> When I said it out loud, she just like shook her head at me and it was fine. But like, I hadn't even gone into like that level of my anxiety on like what other people would think. It was just literally, you know, I mean, I guess I'll just deposit these sometime. (laughs) That's really a couple of things with that. So it kind of started in the middle here, (laughs) but that's that's so great, right? Like that by itself, that little cycle says a ton. I think that says so much because, um, here you are holding on to these checks for no real reason. And you've kind of thrown out a couple of ideas what it might be tied to, but it's none of those things, right? You've got these checks, they're sitting there, and then out of the blue, someone confronts you on it. They don't really, they're just asking questions they have to for their job. But for you, you're like, spotlight, handcuffs, I have nowhere to run. It wasn't me. I'm innocent. So you immediately lie. Right? I literally always think I'm about to be in trouble right? all the time. <laughs> I'm like, here's uh, my hand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the guilty look. So I would imagine you're probably, well, I don't know. Like, so would you say that you're a good liar? Can you in the moment oh, yeah. improv lie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's really interesting because, okay. So little little cycle right here. I just want to point out before this slips away. But you kind of hit this point with your checks. You're holding those. There's a 
what's perceived as a confrontation, right? Someone kind of puts you on the spot. The first thing you do is leave yourself. So you become, you lie, you tell a story that's not you, right? And it's a buffer between reality. And then there's the avoidance. You're like, okay, now that I've lied, you have this, the, the feeling that you feel like, ah, and then you come clean. Okay. And it happens quick, probably happens if you notice through, you know, maybe it's on your way to get your coffee, it might happen in many cycles, right? And also in bigger cycles. But that seemed like something that was probably significant that goes on. So we'll return to that. But I just wanted to point that out. And that's a really great, really great story with the, you're like, why do I have checks? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason for it at all. Oh, God. So you kind of, you said there, sometimes I don't understand myself, right? And you said it kind of like in a, I would almost put it in like a, it's an endearing way that you said it. So it's not self-hatred. It's not self-loathing. It's literally like, oh, Maria, you know, I don't always understand myself, which I think is healthy. Okay. Um, and then you went, you went, went from there straight into uh, some examples of procrastination. Okay. So the thing that came through really clear whenever you said procrastination, it almost felt like there were multiple groups around you that were raising their hand that needed your attention. And so procrastination, I see pulled in multiple directions, okay? Some people make up the things that are in their way um, or they create a reason not to do something. You actually have a number of things that need or that are deserving of your attention. And with so many choices, sometimes you're like, I think I'll stay on this stone until I jump or until I commit or until I anything. That was another thing that was interesting around the checks I'll just put out there um, is depositing those checks feels like a form of commitment in some way. And here you are holding on to your options, right? <laughs> so um, interesting. So pulled multiple directions is different than just, I don't want to, right? That that's a little bit different. So there's a nuance there that could perhaps shed some light. Um, you asked the question, am I autistic, which is interesting because autism becoming more prevalent now, becoming more known and available now, um, is all about an inability to connect, okay? Being inside, here I am, inside of me, a person, unable to actually connect with things that are around me. And um, I would, something that came through really um, loud and clear here is a fear of your own greatness, Okay, so I don't think that you sit there and wonder, do I have the ability? Do I have the potential? I mean, we all question sometimes, but generally speaking, nine times out of 10, if somebody hits you up and says, are you badass enough to do this? You're like, hell yeah, I am, right? So you know it's Always. there. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, with that, with what you could do, with the things that could be done by, by this potential, there's an element of fear that happens, um, where you begin to actually kind of him ha fear a little bit that greatness, what could actually become accomplished, and why is that? Well, that that's a commitment, right? That's that ties right into that commitment thing. So, this is some interesting um, things. All of these that you mentioned here presented as cycles in my mind's eye. Okay, so I could see this with all aspects of your life, with even small aspects of your life. So. When you, when you're, I know you have a pet and so your pet's running low on food and you should stop for dog food, but you're on your way home. You might have that same 
procrastination cycle where you're like, he'll be fine another day, even though you know you're literally driving by the store. Um, and then the next day you wonder why this, this thing happened. So I would, I mean, a cycle that small and that's in that split second decision where you remember and then decide not to get the food, um, could be interesting. So I would, I would even go so far as to say you have that moment of kind of that fear to move forward. Then you tell a little lie, then you avoid, and then you come clean. <laughs> right. On the other side. Over, and over, over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. So something to point out here that's really that's really a neat thing that's uh, that's super interesting is none of these things are negative with you. These things are not negative cycles that are causing harm. These are like as you're moving forward, these are the little whirlpools that are around you that you're just sort of making as you go. <laughs> so it's uh, it's almost like spinoff from a, from somebody who's who's very driven and really. Um, not, you're not treading water, you're actually going places, right? So, yeah, as you're going, you're kind of surrounded by a little bit of turbulence and different things. And it's more, it's not something that's a negativity that's like hurting your family or, you know, this is the reason that there's something really bad happening. It's these things are kind of around you in almost like a playful way. Like a, here, you should play with this. Here, you should unlock this door. Here, why don't you look deeper at this and see what happens? Everything's sort of mm-hmm. egging you on <laughs> to, like, uh, you know, bust out your cape and put the S on your chest and become a superwoman, right? So these are great things. So biggest takeaways on those, and, uh, you know, feel free to give me your input here, are these things, when they happen, look at them more as cycles. So if you find yourself in procrastination, you could literally take a deep breath and be like, give me 10 minutes. I'll be avoiding. <laughs> and then we'll be, then I'll be coming clean. We'll be totally good. Right. So the, maybe some of the anxiety or the stress goes away. Um, and then I'm going to actually go a little bit further with the, the connection thing you mentioned, you, you kind of use the word autistic, right? But yeah, I would say the biggest takeaway on that is cycles. So does that read for you? Does that resonate with them? No, that was, that was very, very on point. Okay. But it's interesting for me that you mentioned like the word commitment a number of times because what I find so, I don't know what the word I'm looking, I want to use the word antithesis, but it's not the right word right now. What I find like I have such a weird dichotomy about my, like what I want and what I do. Like I talk about love a lot on my, um, on Maria. And I I talk about my kind of like dating woes and how ridiculous my life seems at times and how it just, I'm looking for someone and I just like cannot connect with anyone right now. And I want this like very romantic, uh, partner in crime, like passionate person in my life forever. But in reality, I have these huge commitment issues and I've dated someone long distance my entire life. Every single relationship I've ever had has been long distance. And now I look at it and it's like, well, I like want it, but I want my autonomy as well. And I act like I want this fairy tale, but then, you know, there've been times in which I've cheated on people and I didn't ever think I was that person. But then sometimes I think I'm kind of like above the law and like I can do what I want. I, uh, 
I don't know. It's, it's just like, it's, I guess it's the irony for me that I want this all encompassing 111% love. But when I don't have it, I'm just like, huh, I I guess I'm bored again. That's, that's what it all goes back to. That's great. That's a great self analysis, self description. (laughs) And I got to give total props to you because nowhere in there was there shame or guilt. There was just like, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> the the what the hell are you doing all the time? <laughs> so that is, that's super healthy. That's really, really great. So, um, I wanted to bring that out because it's such a great way to have a perspective on things that you're like, listen, these are starting to actually bother me. <laughs> so good. So let's talk about commitment. So interesting question comes to mind. Um, tell me about, times um or i'll just say a word and just what comes to mind here so kind of deep breath stream of consciousness um tell me about the time or times that you were actually trapped Ooh, trapped okay uh i don't know i feel trapped now i i felt trapped in my marriage i felt for a time and I, I, feel, I, I feel like I trap myself, I guess, because I like keep looking. I'm trying to like go through a Rolodex of my brain right now and, and tell you when I felt really trapped. And I would say like the obvious points would be childhood and like, I, I don't know. Okay. Nope. Those are good. And no wrong answers. It's just what comes to mind, right? So right. the very first thing you started and then you finished on the same topic, you said, I feel like I trapped myself. Okay. So in this point, in this place, it'd be interesting to kind of look at this. Um, um, trapping yourself is a great way to avoid something, right? If you, if you put this, if you're holding onto a chain and you're like, I would, it's just this chain, like it's, it's attached to my hand. Right. You're trapped <laughs> and you would, but you just can't. Right. Because because of this, you've got a good reason. Um, so that's an interesting perspective, that, that image that comes to mind. OK, when it comes to being trapped with self, um, when you said marriage and when you said childhood, uh, they both had the same word come into my mind when you mentioned those. And that was a feeling of betrayal. OK, so I don't know if for you, um, the other word that comes with betrayal is dishonest. Okay, or misleading. And again, there's not a whole lot of animosity or anything that's like some dark, painful wounds going on here. It's more like, hey, that blew. That sucked, you know? Um, yeah, that's so interesting that you say it like that. Because uh, I was a very, like, mischievous child. And so I was always, like, looking at things I, I should not be looking at. So I had much more knowledge and like insight into my parents' divorce than I should have. Uh, but like when I go back and I recall those thoughts now, like I see how those type of things have like led me to do the things that I do, but like I, I was never like upset about it. You know, like it, it, it was just like information that I took in. I don't know. I think, I feel like it was just kind of going with what you just said there that like, I, I don't know, I, like things that shaped me, but it, it didn't like hurt me. Maybe that was what you were saying. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And what a powerful thing. I just to think that's weird about myself. 
Well, you say weird, I'd say I'd say unusual because <laughs> that really isn't all that common, right? To be able to experience something, but not be attached to it to the point that it's like you feel uh, personally wounded. More, it's just you're experiencing it. It does. It's not great, but it's not something that uh, affected you and how it does so many other folks, right, or so many other kids. So, interesting thing. Uh, Betrayal has to do, I'll just connect those again, how they came through my head. Betrayal and then dishonesty. Okay, and then we'll Mm kind of tie that back because we're looking at, these are coming from the idea of a dichotomy, you know, things that you want versus things that you do. And, you know, your word, commitment issues, right? But um, the commitment thing oftentimes and the feeling that I get here is, why would I commit and get stuck with just this one thing I committed to when there's so many other things that are on the table, right? And that, again, goes with being pulled multiple directions. It also goes with that rift between 3D, 5D, because the other things that are on the table, that's ether, that's 5D, that's future. There's There may be some tangible aspects to it, but that's something that will be one day. That's vision. And then the things that you don't want to leave, that's very 3D. Or the safety of now, that's very kind of 3d for lack of a better term if that if that could fit okay so interesting little exploration there so um i would look at um let's tie it in with uh, this feeling the kind of fearing your own greatness right and then you you kind of started with yourself and finished with yourself on when i said trap so let's just kind of look at that and just tell me how this hit you so um, maybe you're worried you might, you're going to let yourself down, but not in like a, I failed sort of a way, but in a, I knew you'd do this sort of a way. Right. Does that read at all? No, I think so. I think sometimes I avoid a lot of things because I'm worried that that might happen. And then when I actually do them, I excel better than I thought I would. Like, for example, I took on, I've taken like way more on than I could chew lately, but I have these like two or three projects that normally something legal takes like fucking months, but these are like small projects where I was going to make a good deal of money really quickly, be done in the month of July, call it a day. And so one of them was like attacking this motion and I wrote this like incredible motion to dismiss last week. I was kind of worried about it. And I got a response and like, I avoided looking at the response because I was worried about how they were going to attack my position instead of just like, I, I, sometimes I feel like I make these emotional attachments to like legal positions more than I do people. But, uh, later that day I had like avoided it all day long. And my boss was like, Hey, did you read that email? And I was like, Oh no, I missed it. I haven't read it yet. And he was like, they, they withdrew their entire petition based on your motion. And I was just like, oh, wow, like that was great. <laughs> Why couldn't I just have like read that email immediately instead of just being so scared that I was like right about being right? <laughs> That's a really great example. That's a really great example. I feel like, you know, it's interesting you say boredom. And it's interesting that the feeling here is almost like you're kind of toying with yourself. And you... The last thing, I don't remember the exact word you said, but you expressed like a severe confidence, a severe self-confidence, right? You were like, oh, as I know, I can. It's just, you know, and and so that's... I just don't. (laughs) I I know that I can. I just don't. It's 
Why? So here's something really fascinating, really interesting, right? You're toying with yourself, like a, almost like a cat with a little ball of yarn or something that's helpless, right? <laughs> and you know you can at any time, but you're, you're just toying with yourself. So boredom. So let's talk about what moving forward would look like. Uh, let's start with, for moving forward, I see there's a couple things that are acting kind of as anchors, okay? Things that you would consider as in the way, incomplete, um, off balance, or holding you back. So what are some of the main things that are, so, uh, unresolved is a good word too, comes to mind. What are, what are some of those things that, that come to mind when I mention those words? Mostly myself. All the stupid shit that I do to myself all the time. Okay. That I have, like, I, I just, I have so many things that I know that I need to do. And I just don't do them. And I tell myself I need to do them. And I'm like, it's like, it's like starting a new diet. I'm like, God, tomorrow. And it's the same thing with working out with me right now. Like I go through these periods of time in which I'm so into working out. And then I'm in a period of time right now where I, I'm not into it at all. And I I just, I, I, like I, I feel so disassociated sometimes. And that's where I feel like it's almost like next level three to five D of just like, what the, like, if I can't find like anyone, like if my partner's not here and like, I can't experience this lifetime in this, like, it, like, what if, what are we here for? If not to like be with someone that you love and experience life like that. And I'm so bored otherwise. And I'm just like going to work all the time doing the same thing over and over and over again. And like, yeah, I get to hang out with my friends online, but I don't know. Then I just create these, like, sometimes I wonder, like, do I create these problems for myself just to like try to feel something? I don't know. I, uh, I just feel like myself is the answer. Like these are the traps I'm creating for myself. And I just, like, I can say this all out loud to you, but I don't know. I I, like, I feel I should be the one motivating myself. And, and if I, and this is what's so fucked up about me. I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm talking so much. No, you're fine. If I, if I was dating someone right now, or if I like when I was engaged, when I was married, like I want to be like, I want to do everything like act like servitude and like acts of servitude is like very much a love language of like how I express myself. Like, I will bend over backwards and, and do something for that person to the detriment of myself. And I, and I, maybe it's just like, I don't love myself enough, I guess, but I don't, I don't know why I can't put myself forward in that way. Like I would rather hurt myself than not help someone else, but then I don't have anyone to help right now. And so I just keep hurting myself. Okay. But at the same time, like, why do I define myself so much by like, whether or not I have a person to love? Uh, and, but at the same time, it's not, I would then argue with myself to you (laughs) that like, I'm not defining myself, but it's just like, what am I doing if it's not there? Like, this is just so boring otherwise. That was a lot. I'm so sorry. No, you're you're great. 
See how it just kind of runs stream of consciousness? I love it. It's really great. Um, a couple of things that stood out there. So something that really read that came through as we're looking at um, this aspect of you and this particular frame was a perfectionist, right? So with a perfectionist, again, um, that kind of perfectionism thing, that can be something that holds us in place, keeps us from doing something. And also perfection is pretty boring in general. Like when things, everything's where it's supposed to be and under control, that's pretty boring just in general. Um, you mentioned disassociate again, disassociated again, and then you went directly to looking for love. So that's interesting connection. We'll talk about, let's move into love next. Um, something I did that did come out uh, into my mind from what you mentioned there is you talked about putting others above yourself or putting others first. Okay. Um, a lot of your content, a lot of the way you frame everything that you do um, in your world and your life. Now I know your content. I don't know your world or your life, but I'm putting this out there that um, you see it with your, your intention is genuinely to help people. Okay. And so when you're, when you're a hero, that is what a hero does is put others first or above themselves. And so perhaps a balance point or something to look for just for balancing your own self um, is you don't have to be a hero in every single aspect of your world. Okay. So in, in some cases, it's absolutely okay to not only ask, but full blown demand that your man be a fucking man and do, and he's your hero. Okay. You're not his in that aspect. So that's something to consider. But uh, as far as putting others first, I don't know if you could ever stop because that seems very, very core to you. As And it's not even like in a self-depreciating way. It's in a, um, I was going to get a sandwich, but I think I'll save you from like literally drowning. So hold on a minute. Okay, there you're safe. And, <laughs> and by the way, I'm hungry. So you're welcome, right? right. <laughs> so. Like, where are we going to eat after this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you going to buy? No? Okay, well, I'll buy, <laughs> right. I'll buy my own sandwich, too. How's that? You're welcome. <laughs> no, I, I I, totally see that as part of that uh, that hero aspect of your, of who you are, uh, who you were born to be. Just That's just you through and through and through. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of memories of you protecting others or standing in the way of others or taking the, the brunt for others, all these sorts of things. Um, my growing- brother, my whole life. He just said, that's such a, it's an interesting dichotomy because my, I love him, but he has this chip on his shoulder and he acts like he had this like oppressed life and everything was so difficult and he had no idea. I sheltered him from everything, from money issues, drug issues, fidelity issues. Like our parents were crazy at times. And so sometimes I look at him and like he, he struggles with employment. He struggles with his housing situation. And I'm just like, like, I'm like, okay, objectively, like if anyone should have been more fucked up, it's me at this point. Like you don't even know what happened. And like, you're like in Italian, uh, you say like, like instead of like poor me, you'd be like, Oh, like povero. And so like, I'm always thinking just like povero, like you're playing this like little, like poor boy, but. You shouldn't be a poor boy. So like, yes, I, I do feel like I protected somebody. And then, yeah, that's probably why I have this complex now. Yeah. 
No, that's interesting. I, the only the only thing harder than being a, a hero is being the one that the hero saves all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to leave a mark. Um, I could see that for sure. That's a, that's a really interesting dynamic. Um, just a real quick channel on that. Um, I don't know if your brother's older or younger. I'm guessing younger. But um, he's on his way to coming into his own. So. I don't know if it's a love interest that leads him to a place where he can start to get his footing. Looks like it's actually going to be kind of soon. So, oh, I hope so. He eight just months. moved out. Okay, six he months, eight out. months. Ooh, All right. okay. So when that happens, kind of be ready for it and maybe, maybe nurture that. You know, and, uh, and I've said for years that he needs a good woman to like get his shit together. Yeah. Well, be prepared for her to be like a modeled in some respect after you, you know, so don't kick her ass like immediately. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Give it a little time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that thought came with him. So just keep that in mind and look for that. And maybe the word that comes is uh, maybe help nurture what's going on for him. Okay. But enough about it. Let's go back to you. Right. Okay. Others above self. Boredom to feel something. Oh, we were jumping to love. Okay. So that's something that's come up uh, kind of repeatedly. So I'm just going to kind of, excuse me, I'm just going to kind of uh, channel some ideas and some concepts without any background. I'm going to throw some things out there and then you can kind of tell me what resonates and why. And we can go, we can go from there. Let me just take a sip here. Clear my throat. Do your thing. Everyone take a sip. <laughs> All right. Um, imagine as you're sitting right now, you are an arrow that has been released, paved and shot into the air. So you are on your arc. Okay. Where you're headed is kind of predictable. We can get an idea of where you're going. The only X factor is you can change direction at any time. You can alter your arc anytime. But for right now, where you're headed, where it looks like, this is what that channel is based on. So it's not... In trapping, it's not, you know, in the movies we see like one time there was a psychic that said this one thing and I waited 35 years, oh, right. it finally happened, right? Well, between now and then, there's all these, all these possibilities. So this is an idea or a concept, kind of like a heads up of what can be. Okay. So for you, love right now, uh, it seems more about options. Okay, so I explore options a little bit further. Okay, so you need uh, something that would be helpful. I, excuse me for saying you need. Okay, <laughs> something that could no, be helpful. Say is, whatever you want. <laughs> um, a lot, being able to taste, get a taste of a lot uh, more of what's out there. Okay, so. Okay, more options, so more of a taste of what is possible and what's out there. Um, with what you've experienced right now, with what you've seen in the past, with what you've seen and what's in your scope of reality right now, what really is waiting for you is a little bit beyond what you're, you're kind of basing your hope for the future on what you've seen in the past. So there's, there's more coming and more in store than you're able to like actually, um, 
it's not in your realm right now to comprehend. It's not that it's incomprehensible. It's that with your, with your experience, you're like eyes opened is what's coming. It's what's coming down the pipe for you. So more experience, uh, more options of what's out there. Um, this is also interesting. There's going to be more meaning behind more relationships. So this is not about, um, um, going out and just having a bunch of, you know, one night stands or flings. It's about actually making these crazy connections all over the place and having like, yeah, I actually love the humanness in you and experiencing a lot of options of what's out there and a really, and a real level. Okay. Let's see more meaningful. So more meaningful connection. Okay, something that's interesting is um, uh, for you, love is a process. And the experiences, which is another name for the individuals, right? So the experiences are that uh, fuel. They're the fuel for that, uh, for that process. So it's interesting because, um, some people, they want to find the right guy and then they're done. Right. And in your situation, you're finding the right guy and he fuels you to go explore more and more. And it's not that you're using him. It's that the two of you together are better for that time, for that moment. And you continue to move and continue to go. So interesting thing, because it's probably, you're like, listen, I just want to fall in love, so shut up. But uh, and no, you just you tell me what you see. <laughs> so for this, it's interesting because as you are getting more to where you're going, as you're as you're accomplishing more, or in the midst more of the bigger challenges that you see further down the road for yourself, um, that's where you find the person that fits with you. Then, if you find somebody now that fits with you now. I don't know if there's anyone strong enough that could make it through the fires to where you're going. So that makes sense. So the fire is good. It's like, you know, it's not like, you know, pain and torment, but it's refining. Like you are actually in process here. And so you could, you know, the, the image comes that you see on that, uh, that old Chevy Chase movie, the family vacation. They forget that the dog is tied to the bumper. <laughs> and you're like, where's my boyfriend going? Right. <laughs> He's on the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, we hit seventy. Yeah. Anyway. So. so it's it's a little too hot right now then probably. Yeah. And it's not that there will be a lack of fulfillment or even a lack of love. It's just that if you're looking for the permanent one right now, I would look for the the phenomenal deep life changing experience now that is for now. And is in process and is as you go. It can be as deep as you want to be connected as you want to be committed as you want, but I wouldn't look at it as someone who's going to like, I see you becoming a lot of your core, your core is there, but you're going to become somebody a lot different than you are right now. Um, I, Ooh, I mean, career okay. change, like there's a lot of things that are, that are possible in this future that you're, forming for yourself. So if somebody right now marries Maria, the lawyer, 
and uh, is really great with how things are, they've got a shelf life immediately because all of that that they've married ends <laughs> and right. becomes something different pretty quick. You know what I mean? So that's uh, but that's that doesn't mean you have to go without or starve in the interim. Okay, but right. I would start looking at things maybe a little bit more open as you're hitting these oasis along the way and you give as much as you get in this process and you experience these things and these people and all of this in a very real deep way that helps them, changes them, makes them better, helps you, changes you, makes you better. And then you both go and do what you're supposed to do. And it's not necessarily together. So, um, I don't, I think that's a problem that a lot of women face that we're built on this kind of like fairy tale. And so it's very difficult for me to not go from like zero to 60. You know, when like you meet someone new, like as a woman where you're just like, oh, wow. Well, like we're going to have, you know, we're going to get married here. We're going to like, remember the game of mash. Sure. Yeah. Did you ever play that? It's like, uh, the female plays the game of mash every time she meets like somebody new. Uh, so I think that's one of my issues is that I've got to, I've got to dial like the internal thought process down just to like, but it's hard for me. And it's not so much that I'm like, Oh my God, this is what I want. And this is what I'm manifesting. My imagination just goes somewhere of like what this could look like and what this could be. And then, I mean, if you've imagined your wedding and your kids in your marriage is like hard to make that thought then go away not that i'm necessarily like hanging my hat on that by any means but uh i do agree that like i desire experience right now and i desire these kind of like connections and i'm not able to i don't think it's all my fault i don't think it's all the other person's fault but i'm just like not hitting that at all, like not making that connection despite how hard I'm trying. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's a, that's actually a really good point. Really good points that you bring up as far as your perspective goes, because I think there's nothing wrong at all with that. Some people might try to say, don't do that to a guy or don't do that to yourself. But if with you and you, with where you're very uh, honestly, purely just you, how you are, and it's very consistent. When you meet a guy, just know, oh, I'm going to pick up your baby client and see everything. Like you're going to start gauging things. You're looking at him as a long-term thing, and that's totally fine. But maybe not the – maybe don't slap that um, that commitment on him. Maybe keep that there. Expectation, something. right. Yeah. Maybe keep that there. Let it be. Don't stress with it. And then just let it go. Kind of see where – put it there. Try it on see where it goes and then uh, say, okay, hmm. shrug your shoulders and have a really good time. Uh, maybe focus a little bit on um, experiencing what karma in him has brought you. So he's here and he's in your life for a reason. You're attracted to him for a reason. Um, maybe it's long-term marriage, you know, all the things that you're seeing and trying on, you know, kind of putting the frames over him and seeing how they fit and how he looks through this lens and whatnot. That's a possibility and that's fine. But also let's look at what he brings to the table for you for now. If you're in a specific process or situation and this guy happens to be, I don't know, maybe he's into marketing or maybe he's got some creative 
genius aspect to them that you're just absolutely in love with. Be in love with it. Use that. Not in a usury sort of a way, but in it's here. It's given to you. It's in your space. Let's let's put our heads together and see where this takes us. Let's see where it takes you. Let's see where it takes me, even though those aren't going to be the same place, the same thing. Let's do this, right? And, you know, with that kind of an expectation, it's it, it may be possible, and perhaps I'm being insensitive, but it may be possible to love deeply in the moment, experience deeply in the moment, and not have the pain of expectation die when he slips through your clutches, quote unquote, or when you go your separate ways or whatever the case may be. So I think that's so interesting. I think I have to stop looking at something like that as a win or a loss and look at it just as an experience in the way that you're speaking about. It's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, great words to put with it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's easier. That may be very much easier said than done, but perhaps if you go in eyes open and say, I know I'm going to literally picture our babies and write my, my name with your last name, you know, over oh and over God, again. I do that all the time. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a doodler and I just, I love to sign my name. <laughs> so understand that's going to happen. Okay. Understand and let that be. It's not pressure. It's not, it's not a requirement of him. It's not a commitment you're making for him in your head. And it certainly is not a commitment you're making to him uh, without him even knowing. Okay. So it's not like you fail in the commitment to him whenever things uh, run their course. Right. So, right. And it's just an experience. That's yeah. a, such a good idea. Experience. Okay, good. I'm glad that I'm glad that's reading. So um, keeping in mind a couple of things to pull out from from that is, and I'll actually just channel a couple of things. So um, I see a lot. So up until now, there's been a lot of guys that are in process at a lower level than you are. Okay. So you're kind of the leading out. You're kind of the, the established one in the relationship and there, and you see the potential in them and you love them for who they are and whatnot, but they are, they are behind you as far as their process goes, right? So maybe they're going to school instead of having their career. I don't know how it looks exactly, but that's the gist. Okay. And I see in the future, a lot more opportunity to uh, experience individuals who are maybe further down the line uh, in their process than even you are. Uh, guys that actually have chased and gotten their dream. And now they're kind of in that coasting space, right? That, yeah, I accomplished this thing. I'm wondering what's next. You're like, oh, I'm on my way to hit my first fucking home run. This is great. And right. Have this right. Thing. And so uh, I get a feeling there's been a kind of a lot less of that, um, that level of, I'll just say accomplishment. Okay. It's not a scale. Everybody's just where they are. It's no, nobody's in the wrong place. They're just where they are. But these individuals will be kind of on a level that's a little bit further. It doesn't equate to maturity. Uh, it doesn't equate to uh, emotional maturity, but it does equate to having done shit in this life and experience. It, right. So right. I could see guys, I could see you experiencing a lot more individuals who are of a different caliber as far as experience goes. Uh, you always pick people with good hearts, shining souls, clear auras. Like these are just always attracted to. 
now you may be experiencing people that you can look up to, see as equals, and also see where you are superior in your aspects of self to where they are. You know, so it's more of a, I get the feeling, like the picture I get is that in the past, it's been a lot of holding hands, but you're looking back at them or down at them because you're, you're a right. little bit further up or farther along. Okay. So, so be open to that. Um, so here's a couple things to look forward to and to allow. Okay. So I wasn't expecting to say to allow, but that's what came up. So don't stop this process. Um, uh, uh, allow guys to uh, take the lead with you. Um, allow guys to bring you into their frame or into their world. I'll put frame or world as I'm writing here. Okay. Um, allow guys to be uh, non-committed. Now, when I say non-committed, I mean um, allow them to experience you as like you're experiencing them. Okay. Um, meet them on their level is, I guess, a good way to put it. So if you get somebody who's clearly like, phenomenal person the usually with these types sexual chemistry is super intense it's off the charts their commitment level is almost non-existent (laughs) right one of those kinds of guys right but at the same time there's a lot of genius wrapped up in personalities like that they come male female everything in between there's a lot of genius wrapped up in those mentalities so for you personal challenge right if you can if you can allow yourself to experience them in the way in a similar level to the way they're experiencing you then it's mutual. There's not a whole lot of, uh, yeah, you love me and left me, or I fell for him and I shouldn't. And it's not this game of hard to get. It's more of like this, dude, we're going to climb a fucking mountain this weekend. And I don't know if I'm bringing you back down from the top. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great analogy. (laughs) So kind of be willing to be non-committed with them. Right. Um, To like meet them at non-commitment. That's an interesting perspective. And I, I like it. Good. I got to play with that. Good. I think I just see a lot of open doors and a lot of possibility when it comes to um, love. And I'm not saying it's not possible. This is just me with you right now on this particular arc, right? That the arrows go, that the arrows on. I mean, you can tell me it's not possible. It's okay. <laughs> no. I'm saying if you want to change it, you can because <laughs> you're Maria. So like literally anything's possible, right? <laughs> but uh, with the arc that you're on right now, I could see commitment further down the road when you're actually at a place where you've become what you literally right now are dying to be. Right. Right. You're going to hit a point where you're not dying to be. You're actually going to be like, this is so good. I want to help other, or it'll transition, you know, it'll switch. And at that point, that's a great spot to have somebody permanent. That's there. Right. Right. A fellow warrior, a fellow hero, you know, and then you can save people together or you can retire and laugh at people when they step <laughs> on the ice, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, okay. So any more questions, thoughts, any directions when it comes to like love or connection or anything that way? Hmm. Like I kind of want to ask you where I'm at right now, but at the same time, like I, I'm also taking in 
the, the statements that you've made thus far, you know, and I need to approach those people just where they at and, and meet them at their level of non-commitment. I think it's, it's difficult for me because I've, I finally pivoted into this position where I'm comfortable with myself and like comfortable with my sexuality. Like, let's explore that and kind of like all the ways that you're talking about, but I can't find anyone that like meets me on that level. So like I meet someone, I've had like two people in my life that, you know, like want to be this like friends with benefits with me, you know, and like, it's going to be easy and we're going to, we're going to meet these needs and like still be friends. And it's all like, we make all these like agreements and I come in the exact manner in which we agreed, like the chillest of the chill, non-emotional. I don't fucking care what you're doing. You know, meet me at what we agreed upon. And they're the ones that are making it difficult with the games. And it's just like, like, I, I feel like I've walked on both sides of the line now. And like, I, I'm, I'm at the place in which you're talking about that. Like, I will probably learn and explore and excel but i just keep looking around and i'm like okay why are you so late where 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 all these people that i'm supposed to be meeting here and like i I go on these trips i plan these like fantastic trips across the country and i travel and i and i keep expecting to like meet someone that is doing the exact same thing that i'm doing and I don't, but like, that's my goal one day. Um, so I, like, I want to ask you about the people in my life, but then at the same time, I'm like, eh, the people in my life just kind of fucking suck. And if you were going to be this great alpha, you already would be at this point. So they're not worth even asking about, but okay. Well, I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Trust your gut. And if there's questions, it doesn't, it doesn't absolutely does not hurt to ask. At all. Uh, just with regard to something that you said there, you said we make the rules, we have this. Um, the thing that came up with something you had to real, realize about yourself is you are really like, when I say you're making your waves, like you literally are creating a riptide. <laughs> so when these guys make rules, it's almost like they jump in and they're like, and I'm gone. You know, <laughs> like it's everything's out the window. That's not a bad right. thing at all. Right. But you're going to probably have to go more on feel and you're being in the moment, trusting the dynamic as it's unfolding than to try to set up some sort of structure to operate with. Right. Okay. So just a, just a thought with that. And I just based that, that just came out of like, um, honestly, I think that anybody that spends time in a charismatic, powerful person's presence and uh, there's potential there for sexual attraction, there is no way it will stay steady. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, even if it's just an infatuation for a couple of days or hours, it is going to happen because that is the nature of charisma is that magnetism, right? So I would just keep that in mind because, you know, it's not... uh, you know, I'm not saying you're like illustrious star power that no one can control. It's not that. It's it's that when you are a very potent, powerful, in-process person, that creates this magnetic, charismatic, it creates followers, right? It creates energy and pull and things that follow you and um, are attracted to your space and all that. 
So, yeah, imagine being the sole focus of that attention and you're literally trying to decide whether or not you want to go off of lunch meat <laughs> and, and move into a more plant-based lifestyle. You know, it's going to be a little tough to stay on course. These <laughs> guys right. aren't quite, farther, quite as far along in what their, what their life process is, you know. So, yeah. Um, one other thing that comes to mind with new perspectives that actually are internalized to the point that it starts changing behaviors will come new opportunities and new levels of meeting individuals. So as you walk into the same space you've walked into so many times, let's just say it's a Vegas casino, been here all the time, you kind of know the tables, you might even recognize a dealer. If your head game is different to the point that you've changed, the people you see there and the kinds of interactions you have will match that change. That makes sense. So... New perspective equals new connection equals new experience. Does that read for you? It does. Okay. This is this is so fascinating. I'm so grateful to you. Yeah, good. This has been like such a such a therapy session in and of itself. Well, well I'll be honest. I went non-public and I went kind of off the grid in the record. I don't really do things openly anymore like this but once in a while i get a ping and when i saw your post that was and if i get the ping i just go ahead and reach out i'm not saying anything will come of it so i'm super glad and super pumped to be chatting with you tonight thank you yeah well so we hit love went from there what else can we kind of hit the big things like i'm kind of feeling this sort of like a little bit of relaxing from you and a right. little bit of like Okay, so we've kind of got the surface stuff that's like when your pot's about to boil over, that stuff that comes mm-hmm. out first, we've kind of got right. a lot of that one. So if and this, I mean, we're talking, you go anywhere you want with it. If there's a question that comes to mind, and we've got this sort of access to, you know, source or the information around you, is there anything that comes to mind? I mean, maybe it's a new direction, maybe it's more of the same, like anywhere you want to go. I guess, you know, I, I just keep wondering, like, if I'm on the right track, like, it, 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 am I really supposed to be pivoting in this way? Like, is this weird quasi broadcasting internet role? Like, is this really what I'm meant to be? And at the same time, I feel like I know that answer, but. Like I play with this kind of like chaos magic right now and like this like number that I see all the time. And so like I wonder sometimes like is this number I, – I, I don't know how to like interpret it lately. Like is it – is the synchronicity like just the synchronicity? Like am I am I too deep into the synchronicity and I need to be – take a step and be more objected from it? Like, is it really a warning? Like, is it my future self warning myself? And I'm, I, I don't know. So I, I, I guess that's just the first thing that came to mind. Okay. Is, um, I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't know what I'm doing. Good. People that know exactly what they're doing are extremely boring and wrong. <laughs> so it's just them playing things safe and telling themselves it's all okay. <laughs> and uh, that leads to NPC-ness, right? So not knowing what you're doing is fantabulous. Um, You ask if you're on the right track. So here's just a a channel with that. 
So if you want to go binary and just do yes, no's, it's a very clear yes, a very strong yes, and there's no nuance to it. So it doesn't surprise me because, uh, again, consistency with you is such a good thing. It's a powerful thing. It's an honest thing. You're even honest about being dishonest. <laughs> so it's great. So <laughs> on the right track, yes. Okay, so where you're headed is uh, undefined. It's not uncertain, though. So you're going places that are undefined. Okay, so here's a couple of things with this. Because the way I see it is you've basically got forms. It almost looks like a cityscape that's through a that's kind of through a cloudy day. So you can tell there's a city over there, there's some lights, the edges of structures are clear, but it's pretty much that's all you can see. It's there, but I couldn't give you any details, right? So looking at this sort of cloudy uh, future, this cloudy space that you're headed. Okay, so pull here, there's a big a service aspect. So in the service aspect, there's a life changer, like you're going to be changing people's lives. So a life changing. And that that's your actual goal. Like you want people to experience what you're bringing to the table here and that alters their course in a good way. Okay. Um, I see crowds. So this is going to be, um, I see crowds and mics. So we're looking at, like, you reaching a lot of people in person in the real. Okay. Um, I see a lot of personal connection. So you're going to, like, you don't lose your soul. You uh, actually care about your people. You don't become a, a shill or a hack or a, you know, now that you came to this level, so you know the, the PR company approaches you is like, here's how we take you to seven hundred million people, you know, type deal. <laughs> uh, if only, <laughs> if only there were seven hundred million conspiracy <laughs> theorists out there. Um, Are you out there, God? You out there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, okay, so here's something that's interesting. So shifting reality. Um, so the efforts that you make actually cause, uh, shifts in your, your, your efforts are, uh, big enough and run deep enough and affect enough people that you actually call, cause, uh, shifts in the flow of outcomes, the shifts in the flow of reality. Okay. And it looks like you handle this like totally well. You're not a 90 hour work week or anything like that. So it's like you're, and you're being changed right along with it in a really good way. Mm. All right. So you kind of basically lead people to the doorway of like this, a more 5D world. And by five, by 5D, I mean, um, you lead them to their own way forward where if you could see most people that are out there right now are attempting to be what they've been 
narrative programmed to become, right? Uh, via religion or culture or family or the news or whatever source it is. It's not them. It's external. And they're on their way to doing or becoming something that's good. It's good enough. But it's not them becoming what they perhaps were created or born or are here to be. And you're more of a lead them to the place where they can choose. And I don't know that you could even do more than that. So that's like a pinnacle accomplishment right there. Okay. I really liked what you said. That oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask if there's anything that resonates. So. Oh, I, li- I just liked the the line quote like your heading is undefined, but not uncertain. I thought that was very profound. That like you know where you're going, you just don't know how you're going to get there, or like you're going to accomplish something, but we just I don't know. Th- that was very powerful. I liked that. Awesome. Yeah, literally. Like it's incubating, like you're in the, it's in the oven. We're just going to have, watch when we take it out, right? <laughs> it is in process. Baking that bread for a long time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good. So nothing came up in that future that is, that would be cause for concern. The concern that came up in my mind is when you receive, when you have that many people that are looking to you, do you lose your soul? You know, do you lose your connection, but you stay connected with your people, you stay genuine. Uh, the other thing is, do you lose yourself? Because that is, if you let it and you don't manage it, that can become a massive time commitment and drain and draw and all these things. And instead of losing it, you're like in it with them. So that's like awesome. So how could you lose it if you're all in the same boat, right? So, right. Yeah. Super, super clear, super good. Nothing really even there to be like, um, aware of or to look for and avoid or anything. So uh, you mentioned chaos magic. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that comes, let me just make a note here. So the thing that comes with chaos magic is uh, exploration. So I think this is a good thing for you to um, learn about yourself using the, this as a tool to do that. Um, I, obviously not familiar with your process or anything, but it almost feels like it might've been a little bit of a step outside comfort zone to to look at this and to try this and do this. So good on you for being, having the courage to do something that might've been just a touch taboo um, and start making that work for you in your world. So I see it more as exploration. I don't see it as something that defines you. No, you don't become you won't be in the uh, Gandalf hat showing up places and <laughs> telling people they cannot pass or anything. Okay. So it doesn't like you it shall you. not pass. <laughs> well, my movie, my movie references are getting old. I've got to get some new ones here. Okay. So it doesn't define you. It's just something that's good there. Part of your exploration. Uh, this is actually a good tool that can unlock aspects of... Um, your intuition can unlock aspects. I'm not sure it's down. So, uh, so your intuition or your intuitive ability uh, can unlock aspects of uh, creativity. So this is this is uh, interesting. So when I said creativity, it was specifically to problem solving. And uh, the uh, interesting thing here too is the perception I get is that you've already paid some sort of a price for 
like you paid to play with this uh, chaos magic already in some form. So since you paid the piper for this, uh, go ahead and like get your full money's worth using this uh, and working with this. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And then the number synchronicity. Okay. So it's interesting that you're into uh, simulation theory and that your chosen sign would be a number. <laughs> that's that, and again, that's more consistency, right? If you're into synchronization, synchronization or stim, simulation theory, and your chosen sign was, you know, cloud forms, <laughs> that's a little right. more watercolory, right? <laughs> so, right. Okay, so you've got your number. So here's what I get whenever you see your number. What does it mean? When you see your number, what's the connection? You know, what does it all mean? Why is it happening? That sort of a thing. Okay. So when you see that, take it as a confirmation that you are on the right path. Now, this is right path in the moment. So there's your general path that you're on. But let's say that you are something as simple as which would be the most appropriate for this client meeting. Do I wow them with a red dress or do I go black professional? And the 47 shows up clearly with black, right? You're on the right path type deal. Okay, so it's in the moment as much as it is overall. Okay, something that's right. interesting. Uh, 47, you've, you've kind of, I don't know if you have people that are doing this with you, but you've created some sort of energy around this number and meaning that's yours. It's not, it's, you've kind of made this your own thing. So this is something that you can actually call upon, uh, almost like a, a sigil or something for a little extra bump a little extra luck, a little extra something. So if you literally, like, if you didn't have a pen and paper, you could even just draw 47 with your pointy pointer finger, you know, before mm-hmm. you go into a meeting or something like that. Ooh, Be like, I'm going to 47 okay. this bitch, right? No, that's what's so interesting. And I'm a big, like, I like to make analogies in movies a lot. And that the butterfly effect in and of itself, but I love the movie as well. But I think it's so fascinating like my involvement in the 47. And then when I get a message from a follower who's like, well, based on, you know, I read your story at 47 minutes. And then I saw 47, three times after that. And I'm just like, Oh, my weird thoughts are now influencing everyone else's weird thoughts. And like, that's just fascinating to me. You're, you're in the beginning stages of creating a saint but it's a number. <laughs> Saint, Saint 47. That'll be candles. Oh, oh, Saint 47. Candles and prayers and no time flat here. Now you've, you've built a well of uh, meaning around this to the point that it can actually be something that aids you, something that you call on. So perhaps, um, again, easy ways for aiding or like luck or whatnot. You could write it on a piece of paper, you could sign it. Um, in a time of grief, um, I actually uh, was given a hug by one of my uh, instructors and mentors and he drew a symbol into my back. I was like, what are you doing? Like, Ooh. didn't know if he was looking for a bra strap or what, you know, it's just, what it felt <laughs> right. like. But what I asked what he had done later after I'd taken some time to think about it, but that feeling, what he did resonated through my whole core, my whole soul and took away that uh, sorrow for a moment. And so I'm thinking you could actually do that, put a 47 on somebody as almost like a, help or blessing right that could be like our new handshake you know <laughs> yeah. i'm about to do this like meetup 
you know, and it's on 731, which I did not even realize. And today is seven, three plus one is four, which is 74, which is 47. It's like all divine. I didn't even mean for it to be divine. But like, ooh, now I'm like, now we're going to make little 47s on our hand all the time. You should totally do a hand stamp 47 for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, I think I'm going to get it tattooed on myself. Why not? Yeah. You like, it's it, just so you know, it's not common to build this much energy around a sign. A number. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean that as it's an accomplishment. Okay. There's, you know, oh, well, people, thank you. A lot of people have an animal that they appreciate or they, they have different tokens, different things, you know, uh, you know how people hold the cross up to the vampire and the vampire has to go away. Well, you got your 47 and you actually made it, right? That's, that's pretty impressive. So again, I mentioned that not to say, Hey, I'm impressed with you. I mentioned it's like for you to be, to say, when you look in the mirror, be like, Oh, and by the way, you're a badass. You know what I mean? Like give yourself some credit. No, sometimes I need to impress myself. There you go. <laughs> uh, no, I wrote something down and it's interesting though. Have you seen the movie Inception? Yeah, totally. Okay, so in Inception, he has a totem. What yeah. if 47 is my totem? You know? So How I would don't that look phys- for you? Why would you use it? Like, I don't have a physical totem. I have this numerical totem. Like, is that me being like, Maria, it's fake. You told me to tell you when it's fake. Like, wake up. I don't know. The first time I did mushrooms, which was just within the last year, I am like watching myself from like the corner of my room, uh, you know, feeling like I'm looking down upon myself. It's like four o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden I realize that like all these different versions of myself are there with me and they're laughing at me and they're like, God, it took her so long to wake up this time. And Sometimes I feel like that, like, like is the 47 is like that it, like, it's just like, wake up, wake up. You're, you're getting a little more 3d right now. Like, wake up, like stop being a crazy, like autistic bitch. That's like not doing her work. Like get your shit together. And then sometimes I just wonder if it's like, oh, you're on the right track. But at the same time, like perhaps it's both things. Yeah. Well, trust your gut, right? Because, uh, if you know you're getting a little bit off and a 47 flashes to remind you, hey, you're on the right track, drop this. You know, there's, interpret that however it is you want. I, this is a, this is something that's a, that's got enough energy around it and it's potent enough that if you're on the wrong track, you can decide and actually manifest, I'll see a 47 but upside down, for instance. Ooh, okay. And that could be a, a clear sign. So you can start to define how this appears and works for you. Okay, so that's uh so interesting that you say that. My friend Cheney and I were talking about this. We're both like balls deep into some like forty seven discussion every day. And so we said, Okay, I I no longer want to be the observer of the synchronicity because like that's where I feel like I, I'm like losing my grip at reality sometimes and I'm touching on like a little, I'm not schizophrenic, but I like to say like, it, it, like if I told a normal person about what I talk to you all about every day, mm-hmm. they would think I'm insane. But you know, all of the synchronicities that I observe in one day are one thing, but now I need to be 
the controller of the synchronicity. So like I need to wake up tomorrow and say grapes today. It's going to be about grapes and I'm going to manifest grapes and I'm going to see then how often I have put that into like my reality and my universe instead of just being like, Oh, 47, 47, 47, 47. It's all simulation. Like, and, and like put it out there instead of just kind of expecting to observe it in that way. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. That's totally a next step type thought. That's really great. So, um, one, one thing that comes to mind is I was always instructed and have found it to be a good, uh, bit of, uh, advice that you never be, don't become attached to the phenomena. Enjoy right. it. You know, 47 happens. And so that's kind of where you're at. You're like, okay, 47 happens. And you're like, okay, so now let's next step that. And now no longer right. the observer of 47, let's actually start manifesting some stuff here. So from what you explained, like grapes and so on, it sounds like you're in the kind of the beginning stages of let's do this and see what happens. And so you're going to, generally speaking, there's a process you go through and it doesn't have to have any specific length where you prove to yourself that you can manifest, right? And so it sounds like that's kind of where you are, where you're at, is you're, you're kind of to a point where you're like, all right, I've, I've seen the signs, I got this, okay, um, now I'm going to manifest this and take some time and actually start having some things that are uncanny happen, right? Um, so an example of that from just my own experiences, I'm at a... Uh, busy convention. Um, it's I'm a stranger in a strange land. You know, we're doing lead generation, and I lost my pen. And so I said, I'm going to walk from this end of the building to that end, and somewhere between the two points, someone's going to call my name, remember me, and know me. I'm going to ask them for a pen, and they're going to say, you know what, keep it. And I walk, Caleb, and then they give me a pen. You know what, keep it, and there you go. So that's it. it's very small. Statistically not impossible manifestation, right? And you start with baby steps, work your way up, and pretty soon you're pretty well. You're hitting some neat lights. You've got your shirt out of the dryer. It was wrinkled, but by the time you put it on, it's not wrinkled. It gets real magical real quick, <laughs> right? That's, a, that's where I feel like I go back to some of the things we talked about before with the imposter syndrome and that type of thing. If you ask me objectively and – Yes, I love myself and I chew my own horn sometimes, but like I'm a bad bitch manifester. I can't tell you how the fuck I do it, but my subconscious manifesting is so powerful. And sometimes I wonder like, am I just scared of what this will look like if I actually try? Because again, not trying to chew my own horn just being real with people, I almost always get exactly what I want. Except not in the love aspect. I'm fucking like swinging and missing there right now. But, you know, like I had this like coveted internship I wanted in college. Like I just like, I applied for it. Like I knew I was going to get it. I got it. So some things happen so easily and then I'm over here on the sidelines, like perpetuating my own demise and, you know, 
thinking I'm incapable of ever being loved, but also at the same time knowing that like I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like I can't reconcile all of those thoughts at one time, <laughs> even though all of those thoughts are me. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, <laughs> that goes back to what you're explaining. Like it's 3d versus 5d, right? I mean, you're on the one hand, you can 5d it at will. On the other hand, you literally live in the 3D world, right? There's that transition that's happening. So, you know, what I hear when you say that is you're kind of explaining, you know, I have these 3D emotions and these 3D realities that are there. And at the same time, I've got this 5D stuff going on and it's incredible. And those two things can absolutely be parallel and in existence at the same time and a part of our human polarity. So... Yeah, what you're describing sounds spot on. I, I would just say like with a muscle, whatever you, when if you work it more, it gets stronger and bigger. And um, generally speaking, and this is not to put a limit out there, but just to put an expectation out there. Um, when it comes to manifesting in things, I've done things like you practice with a coin. So you call it 10 times in a row, right? Heads or tails, 20 times in a row, right? Heads or tails, then you write down on a piece of paper ahead of time what it's going to be, and you flip it 10 times, and that matches the paper, right? That's You're really manifesting at that point. You do the same thing with dice. Um, it's not a failure if you get up to you know, 70 80% accuracy. And if you fail 20% of the time, perhaps that's just fine. <laughs> perhaps that's the way it is because we're still like an immortal tangible. Well, that's being like 80% proficient at the piano. You know, that doesn't mean like you can't play the piano. Yeah. It just means like you're not the best. So you're not the best. Not that you can't manifest. You're just not the best at manifesting yet. Exactly. And you know, 80% proficient at the piano might mean you can play every song you've practiced. You just can't sit down and play the one you haven't worked on. Right. So right, right. That could totally be a flowing or a fluctuating scale, but as a loose rule that I don't, you know, if you're a hundred percenter, great. But for me personally, I, you know, if I cold read for somebody, I tell them, you know, I got probably set between a 70 and 80% chance of accuracy here. So take it with a grain of salt, use what works, leave the rest. And I don't stress about it past that. So yeah. Um, what you're describing with the, it really, to me, just, read like reality quote unquote and possibility quote unquote i mean they're both as real as can be right but you're you're just kind of in between those two worlds still i mean i think that's part of where you're going is transitioning and interestingly enough that's kind of where i see your you know your vague city taking shape is leading more people to that destination you're in the process of reaching right now that that more of a 5d world slash reality so again consistent that all totally fits so just real quickly when you said no longer the observer um when you give yourself a cue like that and you know you've got this great friend you know i had a chance to talk to her she's incredible um but when i haven't as that connection kind of causes this um concept to come up that's what's supposed to happen. That's why you guys are connected. So when you guys come up with no longer the observer, that's not a small thing. That's a big thing for you and your process, right? And so no longer the observer, I would run with that. And I would apply that across the board 
um, I would look at ways that that can apply to uh, your self-talk in the mirror and all the way up to um, uh, maybe being assertive in the office, I, you know, however it could apply, right? So I would look for situations across the board with that. And then with uh, manifesting, I would take a lot of times people say work on your weaknesses when it comes to the esoteric or the energetic um, I think it's really beneficial to play to your strengths. So if you've already got something going and it's working, max it out. Like see, figure out ways, guess, guess, um, guess your way forward into processes and experiment and play with it. You know, look at it as uh, play rather than practice, right? So play with it, see what happens. Don't be connected to the outcomes. Have a good time with it, right? And um, the thing that just came into my mind is it's not wrong to be somewhat kind of flippant or casual with it. You're like, well, I did a guy with blonde hair. I think I want brown eyes and dark, you know, darker complexion this time. So I want to go brown hair, brown eyes, and nice uh, olive skin. Let's try that on for size, right? And that's something that might seem trivial or, you know, if we were religious, we'd be like, oh, we don't do trivial things. But with manifesting, play with it. Like, see what happens. Give it a try. Okay. So a couple other things I wrote here. Um, and it just kind of comes out one more time. This goes back to when we were talking about 47. But uh, just make sure that you... Uh, don't hesitate to trust your gut. Like always count your own vote as you're, you know, when your head takes you out of the game and is thinking and analyzing, make sure you see yourself as a vote <laughs> and, and give, you know, give yourself that voice and give yourself that vote count in your own mind. Uh, I think that's great advice. Count your own vote. We, do, we, we give ourselves advice that we rarely listen to. <laughs> or, or we wonder how to solve the problem and we're not listening to ourselves or our intuition. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. So there's a ton around you. So um, a lot of whenever you get down past the surface stuff, it goes a lot more uh, personal and it goes a lot more into actual uh, transition change type things. And a lot of it ties back into childhood, a lot of it ties into traumas and things like that. So that's where the energy is kind of to the point of, is a little bit deeper waters there. I don't know if that's necessarily fun, fun, you know, <laughs> but no. that's what we're looking at. I mean, at. It, it is what it is. I, I definitely think I have some trauma that I haven't delved into just yet, per mm -hmm. se. Okay. Or perhaps you're aware of, but, but uh, like sometimes I think those are that, that results in some of the anchors in which like hold me back with the things we've been talking about thus far, as far as like, there are things I need to do. I know I don't do them. I think it's all tied into this parents who were narcissists. And then I was the golden child. My brother was the scapegoat. It was this whole dynamic. It, I mean, I can see the underpinnings of that. And I think sometimes I just ignore that instead of dealing with it. Okay. But like, see, I can be so objective with you and like psychoanalyze myself. And then tomorrow I'll be kind of like back into my bullshit. 
<laughs> well, that's how it's supposed to. <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, we get glimpses. I mean, if we if we saw if we if we jump straight into change irreversibly and over our head, like we'd get screwed out of all the experience. You know what I mean? Like it would. We'd be right. these half baked these half baked potatoes. So. Yeah, no, getting crunches. Potato, that's a great. <laughs> Still feeling a little crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> Still feeling a little soft, more like it. Yeah. No. The first thing that came into mind whenever you said trauma was there something before that came to mind? Then you went to family, or was family the first place your mind went? No, family's where it's at. Okay. So just real briefly, a couple of thoughts or things that come out with family. So here's something that's interesting. I don't know if you believe in um, guides or familial connection or uh, generational uh, connection and things that way. Um, But coming from a familiar perspective um, with you. So you have a lot of um, strong women who... When I see them, they all have tape on their mouths. I'm talking, we're going back a ways. Like we're going to the back when the pantyhose had the dark line down the back and the bras were pointy, you know? Right. And even past that. So a lot of really strong women who were behind the scenes types, type of people who literally, I see them keeping families together. I see them supporting people in their weakness slash addiction slash I don't know if you've got war heroes in the back or um, men that were men that were partially broken like you come from a long line of like strong women who have played their role of support but were absolutely unable to speak their truth so they were all these great things because you just can't deny them but at the same time I you know literally tape over the mouth not able to be seen in public. And I see a lot of them even sort of uh, minimized by their male children uh, going forward. So when you have that kind of a line behind you and you have that kind of a, a female strong history behind you, it's really interesting when you pop up now at a time where you can rip the tape Uh, clear the fuck off your mouth. And the reason it's interesting is because you have immediately all of these unheard voices that are your blood that are like in you, getting chills right now, in you that rush to the front and are your huge supporters, huge fans, um, but also want to be heard through you, right? So pretty interesting, strong family connection, strong female family uh, connection. Now, one way that this can read is if you ever take time and if you have heirlooms, that's great. If you don't have heirlooms, if you think of something that could be meaningful back through the time, right? Shawl, something that represents a person or a culture or a place or whatever. Um, And you take a moment and breathe and think back to these women and you say, I hear you. I feel you. I live for you. I will speak for you. And you feed that um, connection. You will feel that power. I mean, you will feel, you might get an accent sometimes <laughs> that doesn't make sense. You might get a craving for food sometimes that doesn't make sense. Like this will manifest physically out in your world. Um, 
the, be interesting. I, I see things like maybe sayings that would surprise people in your family. Like, why did you say that? That's what so-and-so used to say. Like, it's pretty potent around you. So that's something that you can use to draw on for um, power. Now we talked about trauma, right? And some unhealthiness or some, you know, human flaws that came through and in your, in your parents and whatnot. We'll talk about having the backing of a whole line of uh, strong women who experienced the same or similar and had their own things they went through. They're right there with you through these things. Now, specifically what came up was um, having lives invalidated by children, specifically male children as a, as a mom. So I'm sensing mothers should be revered culturally, very powerful, um, and they weren't. So how interesting is it that in your life and in your life situation, um, your mother link going backwards to your own mom, going forwards to being a mom, that doesn't mean having kids necessarily, but being that mother aspect of self in this world is open to you. So that might be something to look at and consider. You've got a lot of people that would be helped and healed as you are helped and healed yourself in that process. So how's this hitting you? How's this resonating? No, I mean, that, that's really interesting. It's, uh, I, I unfortunately only had access to like one grandmother during my lifetime. I didn't know any of my other grandparents and I didn't know, uh, any great grandparents, but my Nana was a, a bad fucking bitch who, uh, helped shape the bad bitch that I am now. And, uh, I miss her. I, I, I wish I could share a lot of this stuff with her. So I know that that's her presence, uh, resonating with you, but, uh, I, I'm definitely like, I have a, um, she, her husband died like right before I was born. So I, I never knew my grandfather, but she took his like gold rings, like his wedding ring and his class ring. And she melt them down into this like pendant that she used to wear. And it's like really cool and really unusual, uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to get my pendant later and, and channel my Nana, but she has a really, I wish I could say it. She's a really cool Italian name and I'm going to name my future granddaughter after her. Cause it's, it's a cool, it's a really cool name. Oh, that's super great. Even down to her having a, a unique piece of jewelry. That's, that could be really powerful for you. That's, that's neat. And it's gold too. It's like pure gold. That's really neat. Yeah, and and the fact that it was previously a symbol of her love and her work and her blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's just got uh, power, power, uh, uh, power item written all over it. You know, so <laughs> no, that's really that's really good. I uh, the thing that comes through is that as you work to heal yourself. Um, of the trauma and whatever respect it is that you're open and ready to do, you'll also be helping and healing these women who are kind of seeing through you and living through you and their and in their own way. Right. And, and I mean that in the same way as like, if you picture a big family reunion and all of the women come around to dote on the newest great grandbaby. So you've got mm-hmm. like, you know, great grandmas, grandmas, moms, all, all kind of there doting on this child. That's kind of the, the feeling of through you. That's what I mean. So you're the child. They're there kind of seeing through you or living through you, experiencing through you. So that's a powerful um, thing. 
So when you have a strong family connection like that, um, too, um, that could really tie in strongly to your uh, being uh, focused and maybe even like um, not, like mildly obsessed with connection and starting your own family, right? So that's something else to keep in mind and consider there. Good. So that's a strong presence in the energies that are around you. So um, something to kind of bring into the forefront of your mind, just like as a something that you want to kind of bring into your orbit. Okay. It's not in the atmosphere. It's not crowding your space. It's just, you know, planet Xing out there on some ellipse. So it's there, right? Um, is uh, healing or working uh, to heal yourself with your uh, parents and with your own family dynamics. So I don't necessarily feel that that's something you're ready to just jump into right now, but if you put it in orbit and every so often it crosses your path and comes into mind, as you're going along, opportunities will present themselves for you to bridge a gap. That doesn't mean you're going to change them, but it does mean that you'll have the ability to shift how you feel about things, how you see things, or I don't know if it involves forgiveness or if it involves forgiving yourself or if it releases you from something you've felt you owed somebody, right? These are the little dynamic changes that can happen that don't involve other people. They just involve you and how you see these other people, these other family members. No, that definitely makes sense. My sister and I aren't talking right now and, uh, we have a lot of a lot of shit going on there. <laughs> well, that happens with strong personalities, right? Right. All right. So make room for healing. Um, and again, it's not an obligation. This is one of those things that if you just kind of leave the door open a little crack, you may have an opportunity to... And you don't think of helping them or owing anybody anything. You think of helping yourself with the situation. So however that looks, that's a good thing to kind of keep in your in your orbit as a possibility. Okay. Other things with family trauma. The little brother keeps coming up. I don't know if you feel, if you still are feeling protective of him or you just want so much for him or you're, you know, want to badly take off, you know what I mean, or whatever it is. But um, that um, that caring that you have or that involvement that you have with him emotionally is actually a really good thing. And something that's interesting is him feeling that or knowing subconsciously that that's there from you is really is a good thing for him, even though he might resent you in the same way he would a child would resent their parent. Oh, he totally does. Right. Well, your mother is not providing that for him the way that you are. So in that way, you just being you, you're kind of fulfilling that aspect of his world. So just keep that in mind. That's so interesting. I've never really thought of it that way. Okay. But he totally does resent me. He hates my constructive criticism. (laughs) But uh, to think that he hates me in that way because it's more mom-like than sister-like, that's interesting. That's something that kind of came up there. So it's a perspective to keep, you know, and, and at least think about a little bit. Right. Um, 
and also understand that he's using that that way, not because of what you're doing or how you're doing it, but because that's a space that's empty in him for whatever right. reason, right? So he's filling that with um, your interaction, and that's not your fault, That's, but it is what it is. So that's there. Okay, other family traumas. So if it's okay, is it all right if I speak about your parents a little bit? Oh, sure. Okay. So I'm going to talk about them together rather than individually. Okay. And I get that there's like, it feels like jagged edges all around, you know, connecting to them through you. But um, it it feels like um, there's a whole lot of love and support and connection there that there is it's like life has gotten in the way of them being able to show that for you, how they actually feel it. Okay. So, um, whatever it is that's there, I don't know if you guys are close or if it's broken or what the case is, or if it's not quite where they want it to be. It just feels like there's things and it feels like pride. It feels like maybe a little bit of culture. It feels like, I just it was definitely, a, um, like a roller coaster. At okay. times, like we're in a very good place now. I'm in a good place with both of them, but it's because I've come to a place with myself that, you know, I can be upset and I can just say like, poor me, povero me all the time about how things were when I was little, you know, and I can wonder why, you know, my dad treated me differently than versus what he treated my brother. But at the end of the day, I've come to a place now where like, that's just where he was with himself at that time. And I can take that as it is at face value, or I can make it about myself and have these like, woe is me tribulations my entire life. And I don't want to do that anymore. And, and like the same with my mother, you know, all the X, Y, and Z things that I needed her to be that she wasn't, I could be upset about that for my whole life. Or I could just understand that that's who she was at that time. And she couldn't be more than she was because that was her own internal struggle rather than anything about me. Now I can get pissed off and be like, like my mom would get, uh, she used to have this saying with me that we don't get seasick, meaning like I'm not allowed to get a C. I really wasn't allowed to get a B, but like my brother, if he got a C, they were like, come on, big man, like good for you. And it was just this like. We're only 16 months apart. It wasn't like night and day. Uh, and I used to be so resentful of that. But at the same time, yes, am I a crazy anxiety ridden person now? But I am very driven. So I'm like, okay, I get it kind of. I appreciate it kind of. But instead of trying to be like, why did you treat me this way and not that way? It just is what it is. It was what it was. And it, it, it's not more than it is. If that makes sense. That's where I'm coming to in life. That makes great sense. And that's a really healthy place to be to. It's, you know, just keep in mind, it's a lot easier said. It's a lot easier to say those things than to be okay with the implications of what that, you know, the words come out, but the feelings remain type deal. And both right. of those things are totally okay. Um, the It really matches or pairs well with what I was feeling here that, it feels like there's so much that they wish they could say, but it's just um, some, I don't know, like, uh, 
just the dynamic in life has gotten to a point where it's just things that they don't, they're not going to say it. Right. But if you go right. through they're, their- they're, they're never going to feel good enough with themselves. Like they'll never communicate what I, what the little girl needed to hear. And like, right. I just have to be okay that like, I know that's not going to happen. So, okay. The image that comes to mind that's for both of them is the, this chest out, like kind of beating chest type feeling. And so I don't want to say, machismo i don't want to say pride but it's kind of somewhere in there of like i wish i could let down and say these things for me and for my baby girl but i won't <laughs> right i just or i can't but it ain't it ain't gonna happen so uh if if it helps or if it it may be uh just so it's in the in your space of knowing um what they actually feel for you is super tender and super genuine and I think that might be why there's a, a good enough or a, as much of a good relationship as there is there now. Um, really clear, really strong, really tender feelings for their, for their daughter. So <clears throat> that's what um, comes with the parents. And um, an interesting thing, just a side note is, so you're kind of a, um, a custom breaker or an anomaly as far as in your family line. Okay. And part of that is you are not afraid to say you're sorry or to say, I love you um, or to say, I made a mistake to your, to your loved ones. Now you're in your family dynamic and you grew up and you know how to survive in that world. Right. But in your world that you're making, you don't have the same uh, things that kind of hold you back from being genuine and being close to people that uh, past generations have had. So it's interesting place for you to be because it makes it easy for you to judge past generations because you're like, I'm not hung up. Right. Um, But at the same time, it it makes you easier, a little bit easier to be hurt by it because you're not willing to just close off and be like them. Right. Right. So um, keep that in mind perspective wise. And if that allows for a little bit of space for you to kind of, um, see them with a little more um, compassion rather than demand, then, you know, do that. Uh, leave space for that as a possibility there. Okay. And it's interesting too, like when I look at your arc that you're on, your destination that you're going, uh, the family is there in the background but they're not really a part of the process going forward. So interesting dynamic there is it's not like you're alone or they're lost or you guys are separated, but it is like you're like literally setting out to uh, discover new worlds and conquer new lands. Like you're rolling. So you've got your family from past generations that have passed on that are like with you, like with you hundred percent, but your family that's alive and that's a part of your immediate family here now that you know in the flesh um, they're kind of doing their own familial things, right? That you're out there, you know, slaying dragons. So don't be offended when they're not like right there, shoulder to shoulder, taking hits with you. Um, that's not their place in this lifetime, right? But uh, right. No, I understand that. Yeah, they're there with you as much as they can be. So you're in a really interesting dynamic. I mean, it's it's really tough to be free from things that are holding other people down and then not mm-hmm. criticize the people that are held down when you're not. Right. Right. So no, that's a very, it's a very interesting dynamic to be 
comfortable enough with yourself to know that these people are idiots and they yeah. need and want and deserve so much more. Uh, but knowing when to hold your tongue, I think that level of discernment is a, another level of enlightenment. Totally true. Totally spot on. Yeah. I think that the new, the newly red pilled individual wants to red pill everyone in his access. And then you're met with such contempt and confusion and NPC-ness and all those different things. And then you finally evolve and you realize, well, I'm not really meant here to change anyone's perspective. Like that's an internal choice. So like my mom, I love her to death. She'll, she thinks Maria is cool, but she doesn't give a fuck about what Maria has to say. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, you know? I kind of felt that. Yeah. <laughs> like she talks about listening to a podcast. I'm like, have you listened to one of my podcasts yet? No, it'll never happen. She's afraid of shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that it's a lack of support. It's that it's like literally not within her ability. <laughs> to like. No, it, she just can't. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I just have to, you know, that's my, my level of, I, I think growth I've appreciated in myself and that like, that's who she is. That's who she will always be. Should I have more expectations of her then I'm setting myself up for failure and, uh, disappointment and not meeting these like impossible kind of, um, expectations in that way. But if I can like take her for what she is at face value and like love her for that, then, you know, she is who she is exactly in this moment and for me to expect anything else from her would be just hurting my own feelings at that point totally well put yep that's a great way to look at it it's a healthy way to look at it um saying it you're not always gonna feel <laughs> like what you oh did. right for sure <laughs> and no, uh, every time she's like i listen to this podcast i'm like you fucking bitch it's gotta sting a little bit you're like mom my picture's on the fridge and you won't even look at it, right? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and it, it's normal for it to sting. It's part of the whole, what makes you you. It's part of the driving force that keeps you going forward. And, you know, easier said than done. But at some point, um, them being them is helping you being you. And so it's not an excuse for them. Like everybody could do better, right? But them being then is helping you being you. So, you know, we can, we can make allowances, right? <laughs> Even though it stings a little, uh, or a lot. Well, I think the more that you just, for me, at least the more that I, I, I develop that level of discernment. I have the ability to recognize that I have the ability to like stop my kind of recognition and just be like, well, this is the line I'm going to draw. And my feelings are on this side of the line and my observations are on this side of the line. And, and, and she just is what she is. She'll never be more than that. You know, I don't, I don't so much hurt my, like, I, I think it's a good thing, I guess, really that like, not so much happy or sad or bad or good. It just, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really, from an energetic standpoint, that's a really healthy way to look at things because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I always say with, with humans, we are totally uh, scared of dying and we will 
we will fight to stay alive because we don't want to die. Well, there's no other animal on the planet that does that. Every other animal, they'll fight to not die just because it's in their DNA. But there's no fear of death. There's no, you know, there's not these these odd connections that we make. So this idea energetically of it is what it is, is um, making allowances for the world to be as it is. And then in that way, we're able to take our place and use the steps that are there without hesitation, you know, kind of move forward on our own path. It's a really great way to put it. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm looking yeah. at my notes. I love like the chaos of my notes tonight. That's always a good thing for me. Right. Yeah. This is pretty stream of con- consciousness on my end too. <laughs> well, good. Okay. So we did a little bit with the family trauma. Sounds like that's a really good spot. You're poised for a lot of really interesting, really good things. I don't see anything that is cloudy or dark that's coming your way. Um, something that we hadn't talked about, but this has come up. In my own mind, like a couple of different times has been the situation or the circumstances around uh, your name getting put out there and you being brought out into the light. And um, just a couple of quick thoughts about that. Are you okay with that? Talking about that a little bit? Sure. Okay. I'm an open book. Okay. Everybody is until they're not, right? (laughs) True. True, true, true. (laughs) Okay. Well, good. So... Something that was interesting around or about that whole situation is the way that it transitioned you. Um, it transitioned you into a different space than you had been. Okay, so it's interesting too because the people that were involved with that, the divide, or you know, basically that whole thing, it really shifted you into a new space. People that old with shift, they kind of stayed. And at the timing of that, when it took place and when it happened, was a time where people needed to evolve or they would become kind of that monster that they were thinking they were fighting. And so right. exactly. those who failed to evolve, yeah, they now are the, the broken record and the... Uh, the uh, pointless, the story that has no end or the, you know, the, it's all about telling it. It's not about teaching anything by it or having it lead anywhere or anything that way. So it's, it's a pretty interesting dynamic. And one other thing that, that came to mind really strong was the uh, 80-20 rule. Now, have you heard of the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule? I don't know that specific term, but I do know the 80-20. But okay. I, I would love for you to explain that to whomever's listening. Sure, yeah. It's uh, it's basically, uh, you know, it has its roots in some sort of mathematical this or that. But if you look up the uh, Pareto principle, P-A-R-A-T-O, I believe. But it basically explains that um, 20% of the people do most of the work or will be worse. So if you have 10 people, it'll probably be in a group. It'll probably be two of them that are sort of the, the shine brighters that are really the driving force or um, you can kind of take it. And what I've found is even from clients, if I'm working with 10 clients, uh, there'll be two that I can count on to be team leads and actually uh, take the reins and do what they're planning on and so on and so forth. But it's interesting because I would, I wouldn't be too surprised if you actually divvied up 
who's in your space now as opposed to who was before, if you didn't lose about 80% of the people. No, I lost, I lost so many friends. I really did. Like a, a, a majority of the people whom I would have trusted probably with my life, uh, would have backstabbed me immediately. And I had no idea until then. There you go. Yeah. And so these, uh, when you're on a path kind of like yours, the path that you're on, um, cyclically or periodically, there will be these sort of shakeups or these sort of siftings or shifts. And when those take place, um, sometimes it's rough, especially the first couple times. It's a pretty rough thing. It catches you off guard. You're surprised. As you go along, you kind of get to where you're like, oh, I can see this is happening. <laughs> and you just sort of pop a bowl of popcorn and watch who's going to like get swept away in the, uh, in the storm, right? So um, I thought that was a really interesting, very visible dynamic. Um, fits your personality. It fits how you do what you do. It fits how you were in that world and in that space that it would be a very public shift and a very public um transition so you're like and i'm not there anymore i'm here and who's here with me it's it's not hard to sell right (laughs) so right just thought it was a very karmic thing it was a very interesting thing on the other side of it it's almost a validation of where it is you're headed and so that's something that stood out really interesting to me um as we've been talking and as this hasn't come up every time we say trauma that's popped up in my head every time so it still it feels like it's still quite present, um, but uh, that perspective is one that uh, came to mind more than once. So I wanted to share that with you. You know, I just find that, like, I thought that was going to be the worst thing that ever happened, and and by no means do I want to discount like the emotions and shit that I went through, and, like the fear that I felt. But if you had asked me to like gauge it or put it on some sort of scale of one to 10 on how terrible it would be. And I had predicted it ahead of time. I would have said it would have been a lot worse. And I don't know if it just helps. It is just aided in the fact that like, I just don't care anymore. You know, they're like people that make fun of the way I look. Maybe we're talking about me getting like injections in my ass. And I was just like, really like this is where you're going like the fact that like you're going there like i feel bad for you son you know i feel bad for you girl and so like i lost it like like literally my core group of like three friends that like if you had asked me if they were in my soul tribe i would have said yes and they're no longer my friends and uh it doesn't like burn like I, i i really don't care and that's where I don't know if like that's good or that's the bad disassociation or that's me unattaching emotion the way that I should be. I'm glad. So don't get me wrong. I, I wish I could have controlled my own doxing. Uh, but honestly, at this point, like I just don't really give a fuck anymore. And yeah. I didn't really give a fuck at the time. Well, it's interesting because. That's actually a really great example of when you're on point um, energetically, you don't get to dodge the trauma. You don't get to, it's not like you live this charmed life where nothing bad ever happens. But when it happens, it's almost like you step back karmically or in the scheme of things 
and you can't really feel the same attachment that mm-hmm. you might you maybe would have in the past because it's such an energetic thing that happened. It's almost like a shoulder shrug and like, well, that sucked. I guess it was necessary, right? And so, right. So uh, the way that you describe that is really is really good. So, on my end, I just want to validate that your apparent lack of feeling is actually spot on in a really healthy way. Of well, it's outside my control. Uh, it hit a it pushed the buttons. Never it did. It did hurt. And on the other side of it, I'm shockingly okay. <laughs> Surprisingly okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it's okay to be okay on the other side of something like that. So that's, uh, that's really, that's really interesting. I, the other thing that I, that I get that is, um, just to mention here is that, um, when you have a raw situation like that or something that's very kind of energetically or karmically driven, um, these people will show you, really show you kind of the level that they're on. And so you mentioned some of the things they Definitely. were saying. Suddenly these adults become children <laughs> or whatever the case may be. And it's almost like a little bit of an insight for you of uh, some true colors going on. Or, mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I'm in a relationship, everything seems like it's fine. And then they, they get a speeding ticket with them and they completely lose it or fall apart and, whatever it is type deal. It's sort of the same thing, but in group <laughs> and in mass. Right. So. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that is good. That's, that's most of what I'm feeling unless there's somewhere else that you'd like to. No, this has been so wonderful. Oh, good. Yeah. I think you so gave good. me so much time and I, I'm appreciative of so uh, all the time that you've given me tonight. Feelings mutual. I thought this was really great. You were a a nice sounding board for what it appears I already know about myself, but refuse to observe. (laughs) (laughs) Or I consciously, unconsciously choose to ignore or unconsciously, consciously. I don't know. I have to think about that. But uh, Caleb, if if somebody really resonated with this, is, is this something that you like offer as a service? Could they contact you for that? Yeah. If you, if you felt like, if you know, if you heard this and you felt like this would be something you'd be interested in, yeah, I'd be happy to, to help or to work out. You can, uh, you can reach me at my name. It's Caleb Spears, Spears like Brittany at theprimalbeast.com. And that's my website. And so if you felt inclined, yeah, I'd be, I will answer your email. So. Hashtag free Caleb Spears. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> free Caleb, free Brittany. <laughs> yeah, she's brought some fame to our name here for sure. <laughs> I actually, I, I sued someone named Brittany Spears once, and it was it was the exact same spelling as her. It was it was too ironic. <laughs> but uh, what was your Instagram again? Um, I'm at the Primal Beast Official. And okay. Not a whole lot of content content there. I'm kind of in my hibernation mode, but those things will be growing. If you feel like watching them, though, we'll get more going there. Do you, are you anywhere else? Are you on Twitter or any other platform? Uh, nope, just those two. Perfect. Well, Caleb, this was so wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you so much for giving this to me. It was a great gift. You're totally welcome. Yeah, I had a great time. It was really nice to get to know you better. Everyone, oh, I'm sorry. I just cut you off. Oh, no. You're, I was just going to say I'll totally text you these notes or send these Oh, no, that'd be wonderful. You. Thank you. 
everyone. This is your girl, my Maria 777. Thank you so much for listening. Listen, like, subscribe. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mymaria777.com. We have the very first class meeting, classes in session, 731 in Nashville. I don't know where yet. I'm going to iron that out. Uh, but if you're listening to this before then, it's wild as fuck. But I have people coming from like Wisconsin and Maine and Connecticut. And I'm so humbled but by that like anybody wants to come hang out with me. So if you are in the area, if you're not in the area and you want to come down, uh, pay attention to me on Instagram, especially now because I'm shadow banned. You might have to search for me uh, or go to your follower list and that type of thing. But I love you and I, I hope we get to talk again soon. Caleb, you're welcome back anytime. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Good. Yeah. No, thank you for sitting down with me. That was really great.